and talking to our friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hellboy Book Club. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Loveless. I'm Danielle. Hey, everybody, it's Hellboy Book Club time! Hellboy time! Yes, it's that special time of the month where we talk about Hellboy comics. We're talking about Hellboy comics. We're right, talking about all the Hellboy comics. We're talking about Hellboy, we're talking about Witchfinder. 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 And even Frankenstein's... And now Danielle's going to tell you all about it. I guess I have to. There's nobody else on the line to do this for me. So we're going to read a thing. We're going to tell you uh, ahead of time that we're going to read a thing, and then you're going to read the thing, and we'll read the thing, and then we'll talk about the thing that we read, and then you're going to listen to us talking about what we talked about when we talked about the thing that we read, and then you're going to talk about uh, the thing that we all read. You're going to send us a hey damn guys. You're going to um, get on social media or whatever. You send us a little message, whatever. You can email us, and then uh, we'll talk about what you talked about when you talked about us talking about the thing that we read. And uh, that's friendship. And it's a book club, John. Yes. Back to you, John. <laughs> yes, thank you. Awesome. <laughs> uh, that was amazing. I got some shouts outs for this week. Shouts, shouts outs. Yes. So we kind of talked about this on book club members, but in case you didn't tune in, I had some very special shouts outs. One of them is for Ryan Yule. Ryan Yule. Book club member. Yes, mm-hmm. Ryan. Thank you so much, Ryan. Uh, he's a swell. He sure is a swell guy. He isn't sure he? is a swell guy. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. He picked up some stuff for me He's from San Diego Comic Con. So sweet, I, I can't believe like, it. God, Honestly, it nice. with okay, just saying, I just want to go ahead and point this out. With the absolute fucking nightmare yeah. that is San Diego Comic Con, for someone to <laughs> no seriously, for someone to go out of their way and do anything yeah. extraneous yeah. Than, other than what they are specifically there to do, amazing, yeah. incredible. Heroic. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of that, uh, Wes did the same thing. Yes. You know, um, just exactly. recently also at Heroes Con for me. At Heroes like, Con, Wes. Oh, God, I have like, I have some really good friends, you know what I mean? Everyone's what a beautiful, really nice. beautiful yeah. gesture so, of awesome. friendship. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. Thank you guys for picking up some swag for me there. And is... and I paid them for it. You know what no, I mean? No, of like, course. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And all that stuff. But, but that is above and beyond. Yeah, it really is. Even, even so. Like, and then to a, have to yeah. ship it and all oh, that. Oh, yeah. Fucking, that's a bunch just of. Just doing it in general is a whole thing. So, friendship. Friendship. Very much appreciated. Very much appreciated. Yeah, it's not lost on us. We We definitely. We got choked up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, really nice, and 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 both of them really great packaging as well. Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, oh like, yeah, I don't have to worry about my stuff like unbendable. The, you know, so those are just solid guys. And then another very special shouts outs to Lawrence Campbell. Lawrence Campbell, book club member, yeah, comic book artist what? extraordinaire. Yeah, yeah exactly. What? Yeah, so um, we kind of talked about this on book club members too, but the last print that I ordered from Lawrence Campbell. You know, he does his little post-its sometimes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he posted, like, a thing, and he was like, look at all the post-its that I'm doing for right, this last yeah. set of prints. Oh, we got so excited. And, like, there was, like, a bunch of them, and I'm looking at all these, and I'm just, like, salivating. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, crying. <laughs> so many fluids were coming out of my face we as were, I'm looking at them. And I was like, we uh, man, like, I'm that. like, man, I'm going to probably get one of those. You well, know we were I mean? wondering, like, we're like, oh, what if we get one? What if we get one? And I'm like, that man, would be so cool which, one, which one could it be, right? And stuff like that. We were so excited so then, at the uh, possibility even. Yeah. So, you know, I was excited about that. That That's all that I was prepared for. And then when we got it, um, we opened the package. And so I pulled it out. And so on top of it is this white sheet of paper. Oh. And I'm just like, what is this? And so I flip it over. And it's this Hellboy sketch by Lawrence Campbell. And Hellboy's Eight like... Eight and a half by 11. Yes. 
and Hellboy's like reading a comic oh, or whatever. That is so awesome. And I was just like, and, it was, I, and, and, and I opened it in front of you, Danielle, because we knew that there was going to be a, the a post-it. Notes. So we, well, were, we thought maybe there would be. Yeah, so we were, we were, hoping. We were excited about it already. And but then that like, was, we were not prepared for that. And I, I just remember like I was holding it like it was plutonium. Yeah, we. <laughs> I think we cried a little bit. Well, we, I like, think we could not believe we it. We were both just like, what? We couldn't talk. We couldn't talk. We, it was just like we said zero words. It was just like, what yeah. is this that I'm holding? You know what I mean? For like a solid like couple seconds. It was mostly I sounds. Think. It was like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was what? really weird. Um, what a surreal moment. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt very thankful for that. We I don't know how else to express that. I mean, it's that's just a like, special feeling. It really is. You yeah. know, he wrote thank you at the bottom. It's and very sweet. Campbell. It's just really sweet. So I don't know. Yeah. You texted me that when you texted me that picture, I was like, holy shit, that's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. Did you want to talk about the word bubble at all? Oh, yeah. On top of that, if you can believe it, I mean, just well, that was the first thing. The generosity we saw. Yeah. of this man, just the what a sweet, generous person. Post it sketch as well yes yes we also got the little post and uh john if you want to just it was describe the, that a little bit it was the howards it's your boy it's your boy howards yeah nice. we got the howards and then he, what's howards a, doing there he's saying? got a little word bubble and it says hey you damn guys it says hey you damn guys on it. <laughs> that's it, awesome and i i'm i hit the roof yeah i hit the fucking roof it's howards so if that i'm just saying that meant a lot too. yeah like that was very personal it, and it it did feel personal, yeah, it did, and it was really special. Um, it's one of those things, you know. We just recently had our interview. Um, well, not I don't know how recent it is now, but you can go back and check out our interview with Lawrence Campbell, where we talked about sort of hyperborean, yeah, you know, and Rob Williams. Uh, that was a great episode. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was too awesome. It was so special to, and I was just yeah, yeah. I was I was kind of freaking out. So like kind of a lot. I was, I was too. <laughs> I had Wes get me some stuff from Mark Laszlo at Heroes Con, and then I got this stuff, and then I got the stuff from Lawrence Campbell, and I got stuff from Ryan. And I was like telling Danielle, like, man, you know, like I so feel, special. I feel really thankful for for all of that. So. Yeah, just want to say thank you, damn guys. Yes, shouts out. Yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, as a weird side note, Heritage Auctions mm-hmm. they handle all the big auctions for like big art pieces. Yeah, there is a page coming up Can right we, now uh, from Mike Mignola. <gasps> And it's from Almost Colossus, and it's, okay. it's okay. the page Whoa. where he says, hey, you damn guys. I saw that was coming up for sale. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. The, the actual page. The actual yes. page. Where he says, hey, you damn guys. The, yep. the monks, they come up oh, to Hellboy and man. Kate. Oh, right? Man. Is it Hellboy and Kate? Yeah. Oh, oh I think, yeah. I think so. Does anyone have... Twenty thousand yeah. dollars laying around that they would like to, <laughs> to donate to the podcast. Yeah, I know, really, right? Oh man! Yeah. Um, some somebody needs to snag that page. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how much it goes for. Uh, I would never be able to afford it, but no, I am, surely not. I'm excited to see how much it's going to go for. And, yeah, um, you know, kudos to whoever is able to get it. Well, and I just feel like. If I'm Mike Mignola, I'm like, I mean, what did he sell it for? Like $200, 400 I don't know, man. Who even knows? How much can one banana cost, Michael? Well, you know, and a lot of it. Um, <laughs> and it's like going now for however yeah. much. A lot of pages, and and a lot of pages. I think he like gifted to his friends too. So I think of them like, like, you know, like a lot of his fellow artists and stuff like that. I can't imagine any of them selling any of those pages. I just mean like if if you happen to hard times. If you happen to buy that at a con or something, and then like whatever you got, if I mean I can't, I'm I I just as an artist, as (laughs) the artist, I feel like I'd be looking at that and being like, yeah. 
What the fuck? Oh, but back to the Lawrence Campbell sketch. You know, a lot of people posted positive things about it online. Everybody's freaking out. Yeah. I was like, Hellboy's a book club member. He's reading the comics. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. Um, but anyway, uh, we well, heard. Well, your boy Howard's. Yeah, and your is boy a Howard's. Book club member. He's also a book club he member. He said, hey, damn guys. He said, hey, you damn guys. That's what he said. He literally said it. He literally so. said it. That's canon. It's canon. As far as oh I'm God. concerned. Yes, for real. We heard from David Jacoy. David Jacoy. Book club member. Yes, mm-hmm. he said, uh, I'm so amazed at how much Lawrence does with so little. The mastery yeah. of negative space is beyond insane. Oh, man. Yeah. It's super good. It's yeah. really nice. Absolutely. That we page is really good. completely agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener <laughs> feedback. Get out, dreams and floppies. Get out, hardback copies. Digital is fine. Read along in time. We heard from Andrew Adair. Andrew Adair. Book club member. Yes. Andrew said... What did he say? Hey, you damn guys. John, what did he say? Regarding our episode on British Paranormal Society mm-hmm. from last yeah, month. Yeah, all right. He said, I love the episode. I just have to say that the inclusion of the X-Files theme done for the 1910s was amazing. <laughs> I don't know if everybody caught that. So, so good. Um, it was a great cover. Yeah. Um, God, I don't have it in front of me. It was but perfect. It's, Absolutely perfect. But it's this. in the show notes. It's in the show notes yeah. of the episode. If you go into the show notes, uh, I, I linked the guy that, that performed it. can I that. just pause? John... Takes such great care. <laughs> I always read the show notes. I might not listen to the shows, but I read the show notes because they're fantastic and they're clever and they're funny and they're cute. They're adorable and fantastic. So if you listen to the podcast, please always go and just take a look at those show notes because they're really great. <laughs> they're really fantastic. No, don't say I that. think that they're fantastic. That's silly. I think they're great. Anyway. Um, but thank you for that. But I was glad that Andrew pointed out my little, I put all these little things Perfect. in the episodes, the little sound Perfect. clips and stuff like that. I hope you guys enjoy those anyway. I think it that was a good one. perfectly for that. Yeah. So go check out the show notes on that episode. It has the link to that guy. Uh, he said, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. I just did that. I was glad I to find did. it. You can confirm I have two witnesses. I did that right before you said it. I okay. did the chef's kiss gesture <laughs> right before you said that. He Same said, page. Uh, he also said, I completely missed the shape of the standing stone and the reference to the BPRD 1940s interdimensional element um, with the Enkelodite, right? Mm. I always wondered if that plot line was abandoned or would eventually pop up again. Can't wait to see the new stuff like Miss Truesdale so Mark can point out all the other stuff I'm missing. Keep up all the good work. Love you guys. Andrew Adair. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, yeah. Andrew. And also, um, shout out to Andrew Adair. He does the Witchfinder theme whenever we say Witchfinder. Witch, Witchfinder. Witchfinder. So, um, and you can buy that theme um, with along with uh, some other music that he's done. So I'll make sure to link Andrew as well. You know what it's time for. We got a Hey Damn Guys from, who do you think it is? Hey Denor. It's Hey Denor. Book club member. That's yes. Right. Hey Denor says, great episode, you Enkeladam guys. <laughs> I caught that. I caught that. We're getting spoiled for Tweedale appearances. Mark mentioned where the wild things are, and I agree the CGI additions are nearly seamless. I remember the first time I watched it, and I was amazed at how great it looked, and also devastated at how goddamn sad it was. <laughs> like, seriously, I cannot actually watch it without just fucking letting loose and bawling at the final scene with Max and Carol. It's even sadder now that James Gandolfini has passed away RFP. Mm. Aww. It makes an already poignant film feel even more sad. And John, I agree, The Flash is an incredibly ugly-looking film, and overall just isn't great. 
but I'll be goddamned if I wasn't eating up the Keaton Batman slop that yes. Warner Bros. was shoveling on the screen. That was good. It was good. And I even told you, I was like, I was telling Danielle, I was sure. like, I just want to show you those scenes. You know what? When it comes on the streaming, just like, I just want to show you those scenes. If someone can edit just the Keaton edit, where it's literally it. the, all it is is just the scenes with him in it and nothing else. Yeah, yeah. That's all I want. Keaton just does it so well. You don't even care that he's not actually on screen most of the time. <laughs> mm. And also, I may or may not have fallen in love with Sasha Kaye as the angry version of Supergirl. She's incredible, and I hope she's one of the things that Gunn and WB salvaged for the new DCU stuff. Mm, she was really good. Um, okay. I will say that. So that was one thing that I also enjoyed. I don't think if I said that when we talked about that movie, but um, she was awesome mm. as Supergirl. Mm-hmm. But like, just like Henry Cavill, they didn't give her a lot to they do. They didn't give her. You know what I mean? Or even what they did give her was probably not but what, the thing. That but she was awesome in the scenes that she did have. Okay. She was really good. Well, Hayden Orr goes on to say she is incredible. Uh, and I already read that part. But anyways, this book was one of those Mignolaverse titles that was unexpected, and I was unsure of how good it would be, but like always, I was pleasantly surprised by it. I shouldn't be at this point. Mignola and company always put out quality stuff. Andrea Muti worked on a fun series called Maniac of New York with Elliot Kalan, which has the premise of what if New York... Had its own Jason Voorhees. That one I could pronounce. I've heard, I've heard of, it before. <clears throat> I've heard of this comic. I've, I've heard, heard of Jason really Voorhees. Yeah. Uh, how would a realistically written world deal with a supernatural, unkillable slasher villain? Why, they'd schedule things around him and just avoid him, of course. <laughs> In that world, there's maniac warnings, similar to a surprise thunderstorm warning on the Weather Channel. Wow. This person really gives that concept some real-world weight. And holy shit... Mark, that's an amazing theory. Interdimensional aliens who are actually just parallel reality Earthlings trying to prevent another Ogdrupocalypse. That feels way more Mignola to me. It makes sense because of everything we've seen with the alternate universe creatures and in Keladite in the older books. But also, the only time we've seen other types of aliens, they were more like the little green man stereotype. Uh, parentheses, Buster Oakley gets his wish. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah, you could say that there's just different species of aliens hanging around, but it's more interesting if our visitor-style aliens are closely related to humanity. Great stuff all around. Yes. Yes. Man, see, I would have never arrived at that, so I'm glad that Mark was on there to like kind of like bring all that together, you know. We also heard uh, from Edgar Sid. Edgar Sid. Book Club member. That's right. Yes. You say, oh man, what a great episode. Great explanation by Mark. I hadn't read The Visitor in quite some time, so my mind went to thinking the vision was the Greys showing us how to fight back the Andrewham if they ever managed to breach into our world. Mm. I initially thought the vision revealed was of another planetary world, but tying the stone into the Enkelidite in parallel worlds is brilliant. I love this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great follow-up. Um, Mark is so awesome. Yeah. Like, I'm so glad that we have access to him sometimes. <laughs> um, he's so great to have on the show. We'll have him on the show again soon. I hope so. Yeah. And if you want to hear more from Mark, go listen to last week's episode of Book Club Member Comics. Yes, yes exactly. We're talking Book about Harold County Comics over there. Thank there. you for thank you for mentioning that, Aubrey. Mm-hmm. And we also heard from Mark. Oh, did we hear from Mark? Yeah. Mark Tweedell. Book Club Member. Yeah, Multiversity's own. Yeah. He said, it's not likely, but still, it's remotely possible this guy is related to Dr. Book, right? So, remember there was that red-headed guy that checked into the hotel, and I was like, we need a name for this guy. And Mark <laughs> said, Book. Oh, sure. Okay. So, in the 1940s series, the one by Paulo Rivera, there's a red-headed guy named Book who steals in Keladine. Okay. Oh. And then that guy in the hotel was redheaded. So that Mark was creating okay. his own little 
Well, you remember when I asked yes. him to name that? Anyway, really good. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. fantastic. I love it. <laughs> I love that. Thank you, Mark. Um, regarding the Dore reference, remember we talked about... I, I, yeah. We heard from Thaddeus Papke. Didn't we hear from Thaddeus Papke? Book club member. Yeah. Yes. He said, I love those sorts of references. Dore has long been a personal favorite and utter master of mm. shading and fine detail with a vivid imagination. Man, set the absolute standard for etching. Yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly. Yeah, and I want to say, like, all the kind of dark shadow work. I mean, you definitely see that in, like, Mignola's work. So mm-hmm. he's been referenced so many times in the Mignola yeah, verse, you yeah, know, so. Yeah. Um, Which is interesting because um, he's also well known for, like, aside from his mastery over light and dark and, and all that sort of thing, the, like, detail. Mm. And so Mignola has found his own way right. to um, kind of convey yeah. stuff like that, even though it's entirely different. It is, um, he is still a master of his craft in that way. So right. I think that's just interesting. I just think mm. it's interesting. You think, you, it is interesting. Well, and also, like, Dory was also referenced in Almost Devil Diamond. You Know, yeah. right? Was it Devil You Know or Hellboy in Hell? Where they talked about the devil and he was, like, posed on a rock. Well, okay, so that both, was also Dory. Both too. artists are okay. masters of composition. Yeah. But as far as the detail work, um, diametrically opposed styles, but still similar in the fact that they are both have their own creative vision, and you can immediately tell who it is when you right. see it. So it's one of those things where you're just like, ah, yes, I see. You know, I see yeah. what's at work here. I see what happened there. Right. Well, I think um, I think they're similar vibes. <laughs> okay. No, that's yeah. Similar mood. You took a just a shortcut. Sorry. To where I'm. No, no, no. I agree. I'm just being. So. I agree with you completely. Vibes for days. We also heard from Chris Egan. Chris Egan. Book club member oh and occasional co-host. That's true. We That's had an true. awesome episode recently on book club we members. Did. Go check it out. A couple of different ones with him, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. But this last one was, it was a lot of fun yeah. anyway. What was it? Was it? Book club members oh, comics. Book club members comics. Yeah. Go over there and check it out. Chris says. What did he say? Hearing Robert's voice on those calls makes me want to cut out my own vocal cords. Are you kidding me? I want to grab a teddy bear, nuzzle up to him, and have him read me every fantasy book I ever grew up. Same. We are, of course, going to start with The Hobbit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Newnham. Robert Newnham. Yeah. Book club member. You know, Robert and uh, and I do apologize, Robert, because we're recording early this week. So if you were trying to get one in, we probably didn't we get didn't it. We didn't forget but, about you. But we didn't or forget leave you about you. Out. you. Yes. But we're we still love you and we're thinking early. about you. Yes. Always. Always. I just got a list of things I want you to read out loud <laughs> and record, if that's all right. We also heard from Jerry Turnbull. Jerry Turnbull. Book club member. Yes. Um, we had quite a bit of Tolkien talk he on did. the last episode, and he said uh, he was great to. He was really happy to hear it. He said this book is a wonderful guide to the places that inspired Tolkien because we were talking about oh, that. Yeah, right? yeah. It's called The Worlds of J.R.R. Tolkien by John Garth. Fantastic. Okay. And, um, and like Mark Tweedo even commented, he was like ordered or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So um, it looks really good. good so yeah, stuff. definitely check that out. Jerry also said. What else did he say, John? Also great to hear Sherlock Holmes referenced. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my other interest. We were talking about the giant rat of Sumatra. He said this is one of nearly a hundred unrecorded tales mentioned in passing during the stories. And as David mentioned, several authors have had a go at telling the tale. Quote, we have not forgotten your successful action in the case of Matilda Briggs. Matilda Briggs was not the name of a young woman, Watson, said Holmes in a reminiscent voice. It was a ship which is associated with the giant rat of Sumatra, a story for which the world is not yet prepared, unquote. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, awesome. So, yeah, thank you, Jerry. That's really cool. That's super good. All right. Thanks, everyone, for the listener feedback. Keep some more coming to the feed bag. Yeah, oh, feed yeah. Bag. 
All right. And now we can go on to our next segment. What do you see? What do you say? Yes. Okay, I have some things. John has some things. Okay. What are you saying? Yeah, so um, on the last episode, one of the things that we talked about was uh, Christopher Egan. Book club member. Book club member book club again. Member. Uh, and co-host. Um, he sent us a copy of The Lighthouse Ooh. by Robert Eggers to check out. And Jerry even commented and he said, this is a fantastic movie, but you may not be the same after you watch it. <laughs> um, I watched it. Uh, it was It was amazing. I loved it. I thought it was a really great movie. Definitely worth checking out. There is one, you know, everyone knows the scene, right? There's like a, you know, there's a bird violence scene. Mm. That's, you know what I mean? But like, I was even thinking like, if you were watching, like I could tell you exactly where to just like skip ahead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right here, you could just skip the chapter or whatever. Anyway, uh, really cool movie. It was really good. It was really good. I don't know if I would watch it again, but. No. I think I would. I mean, I would like to, if you watch it, I would like to watch it with you. You know what I mean? I don't think that's a watch with a person movie. It's not? It's, you don't think so? I don't so? think so. Okay. I think there are some movies that you watch by yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, other than that, we've been watching a lot of Christopher Nolan movies. We've been yeah. re-watching a lot of Christopher yeah. Nolan movies because we got them on the 4K. So He's great. Kind of re-watching all of them. We saw Tenet and Inception. Mm. All the memes. Mm. So many memes. Now mm. when you watch that movie, you go, oh, that's a meme now. That's a meme. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a great movie. They're all great. He, I like his movies. I yeah. like his movies. Every single movie Fuck. he's made, I've enjoyed. Yeah. Fucking sue me. We watched Batman Begins. That was really good. I was like, wow. I don't know if I, the last time that I sat down and really watched it. Push you know what I mean? Nolan told yeah. me. <laughs> um, what about you, Aubrey? So Kathy and I have been watching this anime series called Inuasha. Okay. On the uh, the, the old Netflix, um, it's got six seasons and okay. then a couple of movies and then another series. But we're only in the first series, and it's really cool. It's about this half demon and this girl from the modern times stuck in feudal Japan, warring times, just looking for this jewel that so he can become a full demon. But he's you know he's going to be a good guy, whatever. Right. Don't do six seasons <laughs> and being the bad guy. Uh, but it's also interesting because, like, uh, we've been wa- trying to watch it in Japanese, but sometimes Kathy has to do some other stuff. So right. we'll throw it on in English she yeah. so she can, like, still right. follow the story. And it's just like... The voice actor is just not... It's, it's not bad. It's just the tone is it's different. different. Oh, yeah. right. Because, like, there are things that he'll say in the Japanese version that seem kind of, I don't want to say, like, deep and noble, but it makes it seem deep and noble compared to what the English version sure, is. Sure, no, I get it, yeah. I get it, I get what you're saying. Right, uh, the tone, yeah. Yeah, so the tone of it is a little more... Yeah. That's called paraverbal behavior. Yeah. It's called what, John? Paraverbal behavior. Yeah. Paraverbal behavior. Uh, yeah. So we've been enjoying that. It's been a lot of fun. You know, it's just something we can watch together. And then, then But we also just... Re, uh, well, I saw it for the second time, but Kathy had never seen it. We watched Terminator Genesis. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Which one is that? That is the fifth Terminator film. It's the not one... the reaction you want to your film. It's I the think. one uh, that had uh, Jai Courtney playing Kyle Reese. Wow. And Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark is okay. Sarah wow. Connor. Yeah. Wow. Right. It's the, the smallest Sarah Connor ever of it's all not, of them. You know what I mean? It's like, okay. Yeah. Uh, Linda Hamilton. You Nina know, Haiti. Uh, yeah. They're both like kind of like tall. They seem tall at mm-hmm. least. You know what I mean? Compared, anyway. to, compared to Amelia Clark. Yeah. I mean, she did fine. It was good. I mean, it was fine. Yeah. That, I think what that, happened that in that film is not her me. fault. Yeah. yeah. No. It Can wasn't. I say that? You know, and the thing is, she did I the have, best she could I have, with what she had. Yes, I have nothing against Jai Courtney. 
but he was way miscast as Kyle Reese. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, it's also like they took two movies and shoved them into one. Yeah. And not for the better. Right. <laughs> I don't think that's ever. But, I don't know if that's ever the better. Yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't put it up the end of the last, my least favorite. That's definitely not the least. Oh, say, no. I don't think I so. I would have yeah. to say it's. There's the worst one is Rise of the Machines, in my opinion. And then you're going to get Salvation, and then I'll put Genesis right there. Okay, okay, there you go. I've only watched one all the way through. (laughs) Which one? Oh, the The, first one. The only good one. Terminator 1 and 2? No, Terminator 2. We saw... um, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. We saw the we saw the the last one, the one that had Linda Hamilton in it. What Dark was that Fate. One? Dark Fate. We saw that. I one. don't remember a single second of that. Okay, that's, I feel like I probably fine. tuned out for most of it. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. I don't. I can't say that I actually watched that movie. That think. movie was also just fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, it would have been way better had there not been any other films. <laughs> just gone straight from two to Dark Fate, it would have been better. Right. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. But wow. Anyway. Christopher Nolan. This is This is Terminator so Talk. <laughs> Terminator Talk. Let us know what you think. Terminator Talk with Christopher Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now we're going to go on to our book club episode. That was my. I was actually. That was my Michael Caine impression. I just want to be clear. Yeah. I was yes. talking. I was. Chris, I was Michael Caine talking about what Christopher Nolan told me. Okay. All right. What did he say? Christopher Nolan told me. <laughs> that was really good. That I was going to be playing Batman's butler, <laughs> and I said. Right. <laughs> Let's see the script then. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> and he said, he said, Michael Kane, do you think that you'll turn this project down? And I said, never. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Great. Oh. Good job there. <laughs> All right. And now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. There you go. We're talking about Frankenstein New World. Frankenstein New World. This series was published from August 2022 to no, December 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Written by Mike Mignola, Christopher Golden, and Tom Snagoski, with art by Peter Burkting. So Peter Burkting. He's been on the Baltimore series. We just saw him recently for The Witch of Harju. Go check out that episode. We had Wes Matice on there. Yeah, it's great to have his art on this series. Colors by Michelle Madsen. Michelle and Madsen by, Colors. Yes, and letters by Clem Robbins. Excellent colors. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, they really are. This this series is really colorful. I know. It's really good. We're going to talk about it. What, what did you say when you saw this cover? I immediately, as soon as I saw it, I was like, this looks like a heavy metal right. cover. This looks like a cover for a heavy metal magazine. Yeah. It's... Fucking awesome! The, the trade paperback cover. Is in what we're a word, about. it is fucking rad. It's yeah. rad. It's so fucking rad. There's, I love all the mushrooms. Yeah, mushrooms mm-hmm. flying through the air, and the fucking he's posed very well. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's good fantastic. Stuff, Frankenstein. Colors are great. If I was going into the store looking for a new metal album, oh, yeah. I would totally buy it just for this cover alone. <laughs> yeah. A metal, metal album called Frankenstein New World? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Absolutely, That'd I would. Awesome. Yeah. We also have a great issue one cover. Oh, shit. Yes. Okay, so we got to talk about the end of BPRD, right? If we're going to talk about yes, this series, right? Is, because at the end of Devil You Know, you know, all the humanity had to go underground and then the whole world blew up, right, mm-hmm. uh, on the surface. The Ogdruhem had their time. Then everything, like, fucking... They were the, having a time. Yes, they, they were, were having quite a time. 
And then the Ogdra Jihad fell to Earth and it like caused like a fucking nuclear explosion or whatever that killed everything. Yeah. And That's then, where the uh, Enkelidite comes from. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> you're just adding stuff? Maybe. Uh, you're doing good. <laughs> and then uh <laughs> sound like a crazy person trying to explain trying to flash no, 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 no. go for it so then you're talking about the girl and the crystal right and so the girl and the frog people don't forget them don't forget about the frog people you know after the oxygen had fell to earth hellboy did his thing yeah and all that he destroyed the osiris club he got the hand back and all that stuff. What did Liz do? And then he, the world. And, and then he, yeah. un, he unleashed Liz. He was like, "Go ahead and do it." Do and thing. so she like burned the earth. Then he went into the Iron Maiden yeah. and created the New World. Awesome. Okay. So then, at the very end of that series, BPRD Devil, you know, we see that crystal. Yeah. Right, and it's Liz in there. Awesome. We mm-hmm. can tell because she has the necklace or whatever. Yeah. And then we see the frog people come out because uh, when Abe was killed, all those like eggs came out yeah. or whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that kind of brings us here. And it's so weird because when all that happened, I'm like, what a great ending. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so like, good. Yeah. But Perfect. like, I never Amazing. thought like, oh, and then we're going to get frog people stories. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I never, like, I don't know. I, well, any... so, but we've, we've seen him before doing well, this. Okay. So, uh, this so, so thank you. Uh, that's Pagoda. what I, that, that's the whole reason why I brought this up was because at the end of that, okay, we see Frankenstein. He's with that little girl. Yeah. Remember um, mm-hmm. the little girl that was with Abe, Maggie, I think her name was. She had the hand on her face. Well, she did the thing where she was like, I'm going to lead everyone to this place. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So Frankenstein appeared there. And then at the very end, they sh- there's a one shot where they show him in the little pagoda with mm-hmm. the little light over his head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or whatever with the flame. And it looks like this. So anyway, coming back on this, it's like picking up right on. The- He's been there all this time. It's like been thousands For th- of years. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I think they say Was a thousand 8, years. Yeah. They yeah. say a thousand years. It's been a long this, ass But I think time. it could be even longer. It's been a long right? time. I don't know. It Who could knows? be. Maybe. We open on Leah. So how do you think you would say that? Sure. Yeah. It's normally an Icelandic name. That's great. She's a curious girl, part of a rare species of creature found in only one place in all the world, a vast subterranean ecosystem. So this is it, right? This is all that. This is mm-hmm. what was left over. And I guess, like, these are the only people that exist, if, if that's what this is saying, right? There's no humans anywhere else. Well, the only under... humans that exist, yeah. whether or yeah. not there are other people, is, is yet to be determined. Yes, okay, good job. Leo walks away from the kids she's playing with, and when they ask why she's leaving in the middle of the game, she says, can't you see I'm dancing? And she's kind of, like, on the fence post so doing all this stuff. So we've had conversations about this before. Some people's it's some people's jobs to go and be weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. And I think she's the one in this village. It's her sure, job to go right. and be weird, and that's that. You know, we sometimes you need that. So these kids are playing some kind of ball game. Yeah, they've got the ball game going. That's cool. Yeah, what yep. kind of ball game is this? Kickball, dodgeball, there's, soccer. There's there's a game mix. that Bob's Burgers made up that um our guitar player's son at. His we went, we played the we actually went and played a show at his elementary school at the book fair. Yeah, at the book at fair. At the book fair. Oh, that's fair. awesome. We've done we did it like tw- two years in a row We've now. Done it twice. Anyway, they were playing that game. Yes, they that Bob's built, Burgers game. They built the um, structure mm-hmm. that you need to play that game. Yeah. And I cannot for the life of me think okay, of it. Okay, so is that what these kids are playing, the Bob's Burgers game? Well, no, because there's not the thing, but it might be like a loose version of <laughs> okay, that. Okay, cool. Um, so these kids, as they're playing, they're debating all the Oracle Gaga stuff. Gaga ball. 
What is it called? It's called Gaga Ball. Gaga Ball. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so as these kids are playing their version of Gaga Ball, they debate believing in all this Oracle stuff. One kid wonders why they believe in an old dead guy who doesn't move. Another kid says he inspires and fills the monks with vril. Another kid just wants to know, how does he poop? <laughs> That's what a kid would ask. That's what you'd want to know. I think the 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 urge to take a ball and play a game with it is just yeah. There's something about that. You don't even know what it is, yeah, right? You, you do don't it even though. know what game you it gotta, is. You gotta yeah. you gotta do it. So, but uh, as far as the as far as the vril, the actual he says he fills them with the holy energy of vril. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's an interesting thing to fucking say. Yeah, <laughs> that's let's just. That's an interesting thing to put in your official canon script. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. There's one kid responds, because you're all idiots. I'm telling you, he doesn't talk, he doesn't move, and he damn doesn't need to worry about his bowels. <laughs> <laughs> and when Leah hears this, she's over on the fence doing her stuff, but when she hears this... Well, the oracle's nothing but a withered husk like a wasp's, ne- wasp's nest left over from last summer. Right. She got... Real upset. Yeah, she's got to come over and bring the smack down on this little shit talker. Don't say anything about my Frankenstein, right? That's a Jesus. What a southpaw. That's a top, that's a hard left. Yeah, it really, it really is. is. That's a rough one. The way the head whips around. It could have been a boom. She says it wasn't, but it was a smack. Yeah. She says he welcomed the first people and hung the sun. Okay. What is that? What's that? That's what I want to know. What's that? Right? Because he's in that little pagoda thing, and then they have a son in there somehow. What'd he do? Did he do that before all the people came into the underground, or what happened? Okay. But then, so this makes me think of all these other things, right? Because I don't don't know if you remember, but in the Hellboy universe, especially in the Witchfinder series, uh, specifically in the Service of Angels, they talk about this religion of the hollow globe. Do you remember this? Yeah. And they oh, even yeah. and they even have like a like a globe with a sun in uh-huh. the middle of it. Yes. And they and they believe that there's a Shambhala inside the earth and that the Hyperboreans went in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? That some of the Hyperboreans went in there and then later they're like, Oh no, we were wrong. It was just those monsters that made all those machines. Remember those right. with those bloodsucker vampire things, mm-hmm. right? So, um, deep enough. but anyway, but there was that whole religion of that, yeah. you know what I mean? Where people worship that. So anyway, pretty, I don't know. It's just weird to think about. I, I love all that. You remember that, uh, they, they did a little bit of that. You remember that guy that was trying to write his script about the aliens for the X-Files? Yeah. I was thinking about that and too. He, he gave he up on that. He a, became a, a guy that leading like a little miniature cult. Was that a hollow earth? That thing was a too? hollow earth thing. Yeah. It also he was, was doing. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Really good. And so at each death, the soul descends further into the inner earth, attaining ever greater levels of purification, reaching enlightenment at the core. So this one kid says he's been. If still- you know someone who's trying to teach others about the the theory of the hollow earth, <laughs> give us a give us a hey damn guys yeah, about it. Let us know. Let us know. So this one kid says he's been still for a thousand years. The monks come over soon to break things up. Well, so she says something interesting here. She goes, "You better be respectful about him because he won't be here forever." Yes, that's right. That's a kind right. of a big talking point as well. Right. And he he snitches immediately. The kid goes Fuck the, this kid. to the oracle. Yeah, she said the oracle won't be here forever. She said the oracle won't be here forever. Ugh. And the monks Shut are up. like, "That's nonsense." Yeah, we learn that this isn't the first time that this has happened with Leah. 
She's even gone to the monastery where Frankenstein is. She's not supposed to. Right. It's like a sacred spot. She's not supposed to go in there. And so she mutters, I've got stuff to tell him. I got you stuff know. to tell him. Right. The monks leave the village area and head towards the temple. And as they walk, they have their own discussion on whether the children should be allowed to visit the Oracle. Right. Some of them are like, they really need to learn about him and see him in person. And others are like, what? He doesn't He doesn't need to be bothered by all these little fucking kids. Yeah. I like how as they're walking away, that one kid still wants to know how he poops. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I still would. want to know how he poops. He would. Um, so, but the, he's talking about... Um, the oracle ignited the sun here below so our ancestors could start anew. We will continue to guide our people, as we always have, suffused with the holy energy of Vril. There it is again. Wow. They said it twice. Yeah, yeah. And as for the oracle, he will watch over us for all time until the sun burns no more. Hmm. Right? So some of them believe also that he'll just be there forever. So hmm. whatever she's saying, it, it's also offensive to them. Well, they need to chill. At home, Leah gets grounded for talking back to the monks. But, of course, she takes off. She runs away. And we see her heading towards the temple. She says she needs to talk to the oracle. Over with the monks, they continue to debate. And one says, how are we to teach the next generation if they do not enter his presence? Calm how down. How will they learn to hear his silent call? Just as Leah's approaching. Yeah. You know, the, mm-hmm. that's a, I, I love when comics do that. You know what I mean? His word bubble is showing us that she is hearing his call. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? She's being drawn to him. John, one might even call that visual storytelling. Yeah, it really is. Sequential art. She's very somber, though, as she comes up here. I had another dream, she says. Yeah. But it's not really like a dream. It's the star lady. She needs my help. And your help, too. She says, she's beautiful, like a star, trapped inside a woman, trapped inside a rock, like a fish frozen in a pond. Well, we all know who she's talking about. Right. Um, but that line, like a star trapped inside a woman, trapped inside a rock. It made me think of Kashi because he. They talk about he's what mm. his soul is trapped inside a yeah. rabbit, trapped inside a duck, trapped in or it's right? like an egg inside a rabbit inside a duck inside of a <laughs> a goat. Goat. Yeah, exactly. But Walk, anyway, wa- like... wandering in hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good though. I feel like she's referencing the Vril mm-hmm. when she talks about the star. The star, right? Exactly. Yeah. When the monks see that Lee is there, they're all like blasphemy, and they like pull her away. That's also the uh, we, that, that's also the second reference we've had to seasons down here. I just want to know how the seasons work. Oh right, so we're talking about like summer time. Right, yeah. Oh, like a whatever in summer, and then like a fish in a frozen pond. So they've got summer, they've got winter. They have what's to. going on there? Right. How does uh, that work? I would like to the know. The sun brightens and dims. There you mm. go. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, that's kind of how weather works here. We get further away from the sun. Yeah, but it, what if, it, yeah, there, if it's tilt, inside out, yeah. though? Turn it inside out. Flip it inside out. And then how does that go? That's fun, though, to think about. Somebody turns the dial. Mm, does it? It's Frankenstein. <laughs> it's Frankenstein. Okay, it's Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein. Frankenstein turns Frankenstein. the dial down. That's how it works. He's like, damn kids, I got to pay this bill. <laughs> <laughs> Have some winter. It's called winter. They're like, it's so cold. Turn the heat back up. No, no, no. It's, no, fine, it's fine. No, it's, fine. it's, no, it's called winter. winter. It's, it's called winter. winter. It's all right. It's going to be like this it's for a little like while. This. All right? Just get used to it. Yeah. Get a sweater. <laughs> they were like, we liked we liked when you introduced us to autumn. Autumn was great. Can we have more of that, <laughs> yes, please? Can we, can we go back to that? So as the monks pull Leo away, Frankenstein reaches out to her. And he grabs her, right? So this he hasn't moved in a thousand years. Right. Like, what does that sound like, too? It's like, oh... But he's got the energy of the Vril crackling there. Yeah, exactly. And when he reaches out, he has a vision, right? And so we see all this. I'm just like, uh, oh, my like, God, what's happening? This um, page 
Incredible. Yes. Incredible. Berting's work has been outstanding. I stared at this yeah. page for an inordinate amount of time. She shouts for him without words, a cry of alarm. Her lips never move, but her spirit reaches out, causing a vibration in the primordial energy that binds them. Long, long ago, the world was purified, and now she sees what is coming, a new darkness. And there's that Great. Like, face in the sky or whatever. Excellent. So, yeah. But so she's just floating there in this crystal. Look at these beautiful colors. Yeah. Gorgeous mm. colors. Oh, yeah. It's such yeah. a weird, eerie thing to see. Yes. Is Liz trapped in this floating real crystal? Right. Ugh. Well, you know, when um, at the end of BPRD Devil You Know, you know, one of the last things that they, they show those frog people come out of the beach mm-hmm. or whatever, and they approach this thing, and one of them puts their hand on it, just like the way the watcher grabs the fire out mm-hmm. of the air, mm-hmm. right? And so I thought that that meant something was going to happen. Yeah. But I guess she just stayed there. Well, but something did mm. happen. Frog people civilization. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> happened. Well, there was, well, yeah, but it was already happening, I guess, but like it became more advanced. It, or... Well, they it's the spark of the vril. Right, right. That they... They're people. They're yes. not just like little shambling monsters. Sure, like, sure, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but I thought that well, I thought she was going to be free. Oh, you from thought the that crystal, that, oh, I see. No. You know, but I no. guess she's still there. No. Right? Yeah, which is awesome. And then so he like, just the close up of the eye, and you can see the crystal. It's like, ah, oh, it's fucking awesome. So it's good. the same color as the crystal. Stuff in the crystal. <laughs> Freaking out. This panel. Ah, oh, these two panels here. Man. Yeah. Ugh. And so he just stands up. He says, "The time has come. I must leave you." Okay. Imagine that's the first thing. Imagine that's what you... What? This Uh, is your religion. This is your religion. Frankenstein walks out. Um, So he's coming outside for the first time. You know, he's been in that whole thing. Colors are amazing by Michelle Madsen. But this is just like, just the taste of these colors that she's going to put out in this book. Um, But it's already like really nice. Mm -hmm. The monks tell him that they've been waiting their whole lives for his guidance. My guidance is simple. Live and be kind, he says. Be kind. Yeah. Live and be kind. I mean, it's just simple. Yeah, you know? it is. Just be kind. He says, I am needed elsewhere. It's been so long since I have been needed. So they have to hold Leah back. She wants to go with Frankenstein. She says, you can't leave me. It's my dream she visits. She's like, I'm the one having the dreams. Right, right. You have to take me with you. Like, this is my quest. This is my quest. I do like this part, I'm though. doing this, she says. Yeah. <laughs> I do like this part, though, when she yeah. reaches over to him. They're like, don't touch him. And he's like, stop. Do not speak for me. Yeah. And he even has like some little sparks little going, on. Sparks yeah. going yeah, on. Yeah, it's there. really cool. That is cool how he's just to me like, calm down. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's, I've had enough of you being rude to this little girl who's not doing anything yeah. wrong. Like, stop. So Frankenstein, he says that the message has been delivered. Only a monster would drag you into the unknown, and I am no monster. But he is. He's Frankenstein's monster. No. He's Frankenstein. <laughs> yes. We've settled um, this. Victor was the real monster. That's true, yes, Aubrey. That's true. One thing that I really like about this, so, you know, I, I don't really talk about my work a lot, but, like, I work with kids, mm-hmm. you know, and I work with, you know, oftentimes I, I work with kids who, you know, they're Maybe not... have developmental... They're not having the best days. No. You know what I mean? They're they're not having the, the, the best time. You know, a lot of times when... Uh, I see people talking to kids, they kind of hover over them. You know what I mean? I have to do a lot of training on that kind of stuff too. And I talk to people about, 
I don't know when was the last time you had somebody hover over you. It's not good. While you were sitting, while you were standing. Don't like it. It, it feels very intrusive. It raises your anxiety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I it mean? It puts you up here yeah. immediately at 10. And so when I when I work with kids and when I talk to kids, if they're smaller than me, I get down on their level yeah. to talk to them. You know what I mean? So that way I'm not over them. No. Um, in yeah. that way because that can be very intimidating. And so I like that he does that. Yeah. He gets down to talk to her. Yeah. You know what I mean? To tell her, you know, look, you know, the message has been delivered. You you did your part. You know what I mean? But That yeah. shows you behaviorally that he is yes. being kind. He's doing the kindness that he told right. them to do. He's treating her like an equal. Like a person. Know? So anyway. And I'm, not like just being like, get out of here. You I like that little kid. part of the body language. You yeah, know it's what great I mean? body it's language. Really nice. Thank you for pointing that out. That's fantastic. That's, anyway. There's a, you immediately like him, even if you've never, you could have just never read any of this. Yeah. Ever. Can you imagine? Can you imagine never having read any of this? This is the first book you pick up. Sure, yeah. And you start reading, you're like, what's this? <laughs> but you immediately know that he's, you know, he's he's cool, dude. He's yeah, chill. He's really nice. He's all right. He's a good guy. Because of this. That's cool. As Frankenstein leaves, the monks pray that he will return. And if he doesn't, that they bring a new oracle. I thought this was interesting. So it's like... I don't... They they, they need something. You no, know what I no, mean? No, because like, he says, you have all that you need here around you. Their beloved oracle that they're like, give us a message. Tell us anything. Yeah. We, we want you to tell us yeah. what to do and how to live and what to think. And he goes, you've got everything you need. Just yeah, right here all exactly. around you. Be kind. And they're like... Nah, but what if we had another oracle that like a different one right. and told us yeah. different things? Or hopefully you what come back. The fuck? And it's just like <sighs> he already told you what he right. had to say. Like yeah. just yeah. Let, anyway, I just can't. <laughs> Humanities need to the have that. Worst. Right? The worst. That's, it's just part of that. The worst. I like this little final shot of Leah going home. Just a silent panel. It's just really beautiful. It's a super sweet, super beautiful little panel. There's yeah. a. Yeah. Uh, I love this guy growing here yeah it looks like some that's big great succulent type of yeah and plants. then you've got this guy over here he's just flying around really nice just a uh a pteranodon a thatched roof so frankenstein starts crawling out through this cave this awesome fucking cave this really is where is. like it really started to ramp up i see everything like in that kind of like a bioluminescence, yeah, like bioluminescence. Yeah. you know what i mean it really gives off that fucking rad that whole feel you know what i mean through the colors um it's really fantastic i love all these little bugs that are flying around i thought it was more like a fish with wings there you go right <laughs> as frankenstein is going up through he comes across the remains of howard's and he's oh, like, ah, guys, can we get a somber? It's your boy. It's your boy. Yeah. It's your boy. Pour one out for your boy. I've heard your legend, friend, he says. The people told me of your sword and of your courage. The last hero of the world above. He's got his t-shirt on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he sure does. That t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Man, that's some good quality t-shirt right there. Well, he's there. been mummified. I feel like there's some rarefied air in this cave, yeah, probably, right? Yeah. There's yeah. magical, mystical plants and creatures, and so it's probably... Yeah. It's it's mystical cave uh, science yes. and chemistry going on in there. It's myst- it's mystical cave logic, John. Yes. It's mystical cave logic happening. And we actually see a flashback from BPRDW. You know, Berting is creating the panels from Lawrence Campbell. Mm-hmm. And like we talk about this sometimes, don't we? I, I had couple to, times. <laughs> I, I had to go back and and make sure it wasn't the actual panels because yeah. it looks fucking exactly it looks like fucking it. Great. And when you look at them, it's almost exactly. Like, oh, I mean, nice. it's really good. And we it's, mean that as a compliment. Yeah, it's so cool. I love that. You, you know, that's one of my favorite job. things. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things when an artist gets to redo another artist's famous moments. We ask. Know? We When we're interviewing artists, we 
that have worked on BPRD or Hellboy stuff were like, okay, so. Yeah, yeah. 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 What would you do? So he gets the sword. He says, you are as good as your word, my friend. And my thanks and gratitudes of generations who will never know what you sacrificed for their ancestors. Farewell, old one. And he takes the fucking sword of Hyperborea. So Howard crumbles to dust, too. He sure does. Oh, that, oh, that was, was the magic of the Vril. The magic of the Vril. Oh, that was, I didn't even notice that, Aubrey. Ah. Fantastic. I love that. Okay, so magic I want... Vril logic. So I want to talk about this because... It wasn't the cave. You go back to BPRD Devil, you know. You're looking at the panels, right? I'm looking at the panels. So Howard's gets pulled up by the creature, okay? And then you see the sword fall down. And then you see Howard's get pulled in by the creature, and then there's a red panel, and that's it. So how did he end up with the sword in his hand again? Like, when he fell, I guess he crawled for it, maybe, and in his last moments, like, tried to see if it would revive him? Sure, or, absolutely. I don't know. No, well, I'm not even reviving. You want to die with your sword in your hand. Right, right. If you're an ancient mm-hmm. warrior? Yeah, you're, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the protocol. So, yeah, I love that. I, I love, okay, so this is our canon now, you yeah. know what I mean? So, in his final moments, he goes for the sword. Yeah. To, so that way he like can you die would. holding yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well... Maybe he got the sword, killed the demon, and then fell where he's sitting. Sure. Oh, maybe he maybe he did. Even yeah. better. Even better. Even better. That's even better, Aubrey. <laughs> you win. That's our new canon right now. We called it. That scene exists. But somewhere. thank you for pointing this out that because I was like, oh, it's a mystical cave question mark. <clears throat> no, it's the literally it's the magic of the Vril happening. Yes. It's the magic of the Vril happening through the uh, sword. Through the sword. Or the spirit of the sword. Well, it's a conduit. Yeah. Right, right. Isn't but, it? But we've, well, we've also talked about that when Howard picks up the sword, he says that the spirit of the sword goes into his arm. Sure, I feel like, it's, a, I feel like, like it's another way of saying conduit. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, also another thing, because you know, we had just read this, the Sword of Hyperborea, and at the very end of that... Hyperborea. Hyperborea. I'm fucking with you, I'm fucking with you, I'm sorry. I'm fucking with you, I'm sorry, please. Don't continue. do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, at the end of that sorty series, mm. that S word series, um, I was feeling a bit mischievous. I apologize. We, um, you know, we see we see the uh, the frog people with the sword, and we're like, "How did they get the sword?" Yeah. Right. Now we know now how we it know goes how from Howard's upstairs somewhere right it goes upstairs somewhere yeah upstairs yeah. Upstairs. <laughs> upstairs is fine upstairs, upstairs. is fine they're just going upstairs it's fine <laughs> no but i love that aubrey because i had the same question i was like, like okay so then frankenstein is going to lose it at some point right yep. or something's mm-hmm. going to happen right yeah if it ends up with one of these uh frog people or something like that yeah so, anyway ah a lot of good discussion regarding maybe this they'll sword. Be friends maybe they'll be friends maybe maybe he gives it to him as a friend yeah maybe he's like ah I'm passing this on to you, my friend. Now you are going to be a a berserker guy. But I also like how he swaps out the uh, broken handle for the 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 stick that he has. Okay, yes. Um, so he makes like a spear out of it, or like a big staff, which is super cool. Um, and like as out soon of as his Frankenstein's wrappings. Yes. <laughs> Fucking dope! What a weapon! Can yeah. you imagine? <laughs> As soon as he picked this up and started swinging it around, I'm like, oh, man, we're going to get some awesome, like, choreography shit out of this. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Oh, Let's yeah. get our boy uh, Luke. Who's uh, Prince Nuana? What's that guy's name? Oh, uh, that's my guy. Will I, will I be famous? <laughs> uh, let's get that guy. He would be a good Frankenstein. I, that guy? He would be a good this Frankenstein. Man. I, okay, so you, I walked in. You were rewatching Hellboy, The Golden Army, 
it was right before that scene started where he's walking into the fucking awesome place that has the all the pipes and the golden leaves falling and the guys in the masks and the dude who's got the he's a tree man yeah. with the antlers and the prince Nwato. luke goss luke goss walks yeah. up and he's just looking fucking incredible he yeah. looks fucking amazing and he's just doing all this awesome choreography and he's yeah delivering his lines and he's acting and it's just acting. It's I amazing. want him to be Frankenstein. And I just sat there glued to the screen. I was watching the whole time. I was like, I forgot what I was doing. I forgot why I came in this room. <laughs> I forgot why I came in here. It was, he's so fucking great. Right. When they did the, remember when they did the kick, uh, the Kickstarter for the Drawing Monsters, Mike Mignola documentary? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they had these prints and one of the prints was by Ben Stenbeck and it had, um, you know, Hellboy, Baltimore, Kashi. And fucking Frankenstein on there. Nice. And Frankenstein had this. He had the Howard sword on what a big staff. Fuck? And everybody was like, what's what this shit? What the fuck is this? You know what I mean? And oh. so now now it's actually oh, in the comic. Man. You know what I mean? So they put it in here. So fuck. really cool. That's so fucking awesome. He starts swinging it around doing his Luke Goss stuff. Yeah. And he finds Leah there. And I, would, like, I would cast Luke Goss for sure. Sure, yeah. And he's like, what a foolish thing you've done. You need to go home. And she's like, you can't send me back now. She's like, besides, you need me. I told you the Star Lady touched my brain. We're both supposed to. And then she just gets awestruck by what's at, what's, what's going on out here. I'm awestruck by it, what's going on out here. Amazing. It's, it's just jaw-dropping. Beautiful. The, the work in here. I love um, it. Gorgeous. I love all the creatures. I love all the creatures. All the plants. There's so it's many cool so creatures. Not, There's so uh, many. It's so beautiful to look at. All yeah. the colors are at it just wild. Like the cave sequence, I was like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" But then, like the colors when you get out here, it's just like, "Wow!" You didn't think it's, it could get yeah. any better, but then it got cooler. Yes, exactly. The mushrooms are trees. Uh, this little guy flying all around. Oh, one of the things I forgot to talk about. He says uh, when he leaves Howard's, he says, "I only wish I could remember your name." Mm. Gall or Ted? Howard's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess it would be Howard's, Howard's. Yeah, because it's actually Howard's. But anyway. Calling Ted. Ted just seems so horrible. <laughs> so um, we have this funny page where Leah's naming all the things. She's like, oh, hey, everything doesn't have names, so okay. I'm just going to start naming stuff. So the first thing she names is Clarence. Oh, yeah. Clarence. I was like reading this last night, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, and I turned to Cat Dennis. Like, and then I told her about how like this little girl's naming all these things, and she names the first one Clarence. Like, yeah. Clarence. It's, it's been just over a year since we lost Clarence. R.I.P. Clarence, oh, no. we love you. Yeah, poor Clarence. Like, Hello, Clarence. Another Clarence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those are all Clarence, she says. Yes. Trees can just be trees. Trees are boring. You can name those. Trees are not boring. <laughs> I think someone needs to study trees yeah. a little bit more because they're awesome. And um, that horned wolf thing with the skunk stripes, I'm going to call that a stink face. <laughs> and then she's like, I'm, I'm hungry. Hu- yeah. You didn't eat for a long time. You must be hungry. Are you hungry? I mean, because I am. <laughs> Ooh, what are these guys? I'm going to call them lemon heads, right? So these are some frog people, right? Um, they look kind of like that oxalato. Is that what that's they do called? Look right? a little bit they have like that axolotl. thing on their neck or whatever. So this is the first time where we see like something hostile. Right, but it's not long, you know. It's not long into their adventure. Wouldn't even necessarily say that they're hostile, just that they're like, "What? Yeah, I'm gonna get you." Right, I'm gonna get whatever you are. Um, So Frankenstein, he makes quick work of one of them, and I think it kind of like scares the other ones off. But we also see Leah; she throws a rock at (laughs) one. She sure does. You know what I mean? 
and it like gets a good clunk. As well, this it, is we we've seen her fighting skills before. Oh yeah, we just so, did right. She clocked somebody really good. She sure fucking did. And so she goes, "I told you you needed me. I'll give you this." Frankenstein says, "You have excellent aim." <laughs> yeah, she, I like how she's like got another rock tossing it up. In yeah. Her hand. Oh right, exactly. Really. I good. like this brief moment of levity with Frankenstein. Yeah, I think that's fun. Really nice. How hungry are you? I-, I could build a fire. And she's like, ugh, that thing's disgusting. It smells like a dog ate something dead and then threw up in it. That's descriptive. <laughs> she goes, I'd rather try one of these other things. It's ugly, but at least it's fruit. I know it's not poisonous. And she just starts eating this like purple mm, thing or delicious. whatever. <laughs> delicious. Man, I really liked her description of that smell because I was just like, <laughs> that is something a kid would definitely think yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> So he's like, all right, you seem all right for the moment, but be more careful. Yeah. <laughs> These are really good moments between them. But she said, he goes, you need to be more careful. And she's like, oh, I will. I promise. I know you'd be scared to be out here without me. I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> but so we've already seen like one version of frog person, those lemon head things, right? Well, so it's kind of like a, um, I feel like they're trying to put some distinction between the creatures. Right. Like, you know, that are like animals. And then there are people okay right who are not humans sure and so i I think that's there to just kind of be like there are you do have to be careful because there are beasts that will get you those are more like maybe like a primitive right yeah so it's like they're maybe they're like wolves of the river sure or something like that and so there are beasts going on but then there are like societies of people as well well in the um i guess in the early days of like um i guess the homo sapiens there were also the Mm -hmm. neanderthals and the other different um neanderthals there was like 14 different types of yeah and, people, we're, and like we, humanoids and us homo sapiens are the only ones who survived i guess you know right. well maybe well i mean well, you never know <laughs> there's a good population of the planet that does have neanderthal dna in them but right. uh, but i mean so like that's kind of what i was taking this to be like they were just different yeah sure absolutely oh yeah 100 100 and there's there was like i mean there were so many yeah. So many. It wasn't just like two. There was yeah. a lot. Oh uh, yeah, so no, it was I like, only, yeah, no. Yeah. But I mean I'm I'm saying what you're saying is mm-hmm. just like they could be like a chimpanzees of the river. Yeah, maybe they're right. like, you know, some very like their maybe their food source is dried up, so they're like, What's this? Let's get this and see what happens here. But they're hunting prey much bigger than them, which is interesting. But mm-hmm. they're doing it in a pack. So that makes sense. Right. A pack of chimps could take us down easily. I of would course, say. Like yeah, all three no. of us. Wait, They'd rip our faces off. They would rip off. our faces off. A chimp could take... One chimp could one take all three of us could, out. One chimp could kill yeah, us all. Yeah, for sure. So that's, that makes sense. But if they're like chimps, that's pretty scary. That's a that's a pretty scary... So maybe they're river chimps. It's yeah. a monkey. He's got a gun. Blam, blam, blam. <laughs> uh, that's how that chimp will get you. Yeah, it'll get you. So Leah literally talks until she falls asleep. And then she has another dream of the Star Lady. In the morning when she tells Frankenstein about it, she says, I don't know the words she uses, but I can tell she's happy and sad at the same time. That's Liz. Yeah, that's definitely Liz, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> the pair come across some skyscraper-shaped mushrooms. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Ever seen anything that big, Leah asks? Unfortunately, I have, Frankenstein responds. Awesome. Fucking Awesome. So what is he talking about? The sense of scale you can see because the pteranodons are flying around. They look like little birds. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, they're not pteranodons. They're like bug. They're like lizard bugs flying around like birds. I don't know what they are. 
Wait, hasn't uh, um, didn't Frankenstein see some of the Andrew Ham or Andrew Jihad? That's what I'm. That's what I was yeah. wondering. Yeah, he had yeah. to have, right? Well, so these are supposed to mirror the Andrew Jihad, which also mirrored the skyscrapers in a certain part yeah, of the book. You're so, right. Yeah, you're right. They're all kind of the same. Yeah. Size and and scariness. I love. I remember all that, that one panel of that. You're like, that was scary. It scared the shit out of me. Yeah. So this is kind of like, but they're. Fun and I like them though. They seem cool. <laughs> they yeah, seem great. I like how this whole kind of sequence goes, where the um, the giant mushroom rumbles and the spores come down the spores. with the, the fruit, and it lands in all these different spots. They and, love them, you know. And you're all the different like, animals are getting them. Yeah, but then like one lands in like this desolate spot. Right. So there's this uh, dark spot uh, of the earth. Right. I don't like it. You see when it falls that the grass is black. Well, and the memes you know? don't go there. Yeah, they stop. Oh, you're right, right? They stop mm-hmm. at that part of the earth. And so, what the fuck happens? What the here? fuck is happening? So this I don't thing, like it. it. It gets tainted or corrupted by this part, this spot in the earth. And, oh, you, like and we can see that this specific one that fell in this spot, it starts like growing these red tendrils that mm-hmm. reach down. And then we see like all the skeletons, all the dead It's people. kind of an inverse of the creation of man. Oh, right. Yeah. It's kind of like an evil, horrible version of that. Exactly. I thought this was incredible. And there was so much imagery that I could think of with like red string. I don't know if you remember that in the BPRD series. Yeah. Um, Strobel had like red magic, red like little tendrils mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, there were those red salamanders and stuff. And then I even think like in Hellboy and Hell, they use a red string to tie this yeah. cat or whatever. You remember that? Anyway. Well, it's yeah. not real colored. So yeah. we know we don't like it. Yeah. But it's also red and black, and there's lots of skeletons. It yeah. looks very scary. I told you I don't know the words, but I could feel that she loves me, and she can't wait to meet me. That's nice, Frankenstein says. Yeah, but I also got the feeling that she was pretty scared, more than before. I could see it in her thoughts. It's like the darkness she's so afraid of just got way stronger. So that's creepy. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> this page, um, the composition of it is so... Yeah. Fantastic. It's really... And the stark contrast between the colors as well. Right. Like, lets you know, you know, like, this is all fun and happy. These pages here, all the creatures are eating the delicious fruit. How fun. Look at these great colors. And then you're like, whoa. Yeah. What's this horrible, like, thing that... And you're just like, ugh. I don't like that. I don't like it. And so the... um, Both the line art and the colors come together to tell the story and i like that i love it yeah i like that we got some i don't great... know about you i like i that, know though. i know i you're convincing me to like but it. you said you didn't like that <laughs> so i had to explain it wow look at this, this chapter two cover man that is so beautiful I, Super I, good. I could just stare at this for hours it's nuts i like this i like this guy drifting around He's this looks great. like a heavy metal cover oh yeah you know what for I mean? sure yeah so we have this opening scene i like this i like this but what is like that weird thing though. back there yeah, I like him. He's my friend. Is that a guy? Is He's that a like guy. A, some that's sort a guy. of animal, right? That's a guy. Absolutely, wow. that's a guy. I, I totally him. missed that. I this like, him. I don't know, spore-headed, I don't know what. I don't my, know what. That's my favorite guy. It's really good. I like how it says the new world. We see this creature flying, some weird... Uh, Bird-like creature. Really beautiful, like, phoenix-type thing. But oh no, it gets harpooned by some He's flying... Fine. Well, He's fine. He's taking a nap. Well, no, no, it's like, you know, you see him, he flies, and he eats one of those things, and then... Oh, and then something gets him. There's always a bigger fish. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. There's always a bigger fish. Oh, 
could you? I, I like this uh, flying man, like He's Ray great. or yeah. something like that. That's he pretty looks cool, super cool too. Yeah. As Leah and Frankenstein, uh, as we find them, she says, every day I think I see a part of this world that's more beautiful than before. And it's so quiet, don't you think? So beautiful and so quiet. It makes me want to sing. Um, I love just thinking about that. You know what I mean? What it would be like in this kind of place where yeah. it's just, there's nothing. It's just like all nature. There's no people anywhere. Yeah, imagine how wonderful. <laughs> yeah, imagine how quiet it would be. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like um, bugs. All of this is amazing. I love all these little animals and all the little details that they're putting into the world. Look at the little bugs this, on this thing. Like rabbit, kangaroo, camel thing. <laughs> <laughs> so Leah starts singing this song. So this song is called Scarborough Fair. It's a traditional English ballad. The song lists a number of impossible tasks given to a formal lover who lives in Scarborough, North Yorkshire. It appears in traditional tunes by Frank Kitson, published in 1891, who claims to have collected it from a town called Whitby. The famous melody was collected from Mark Anderson, a retired lead miner. This version was recorded by a number of musicians in the 20th century, including the most iconic version by Simon and Garfunkel. Have you ever yes. heard that one? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The lyrics of Scarborough Fair appear to have something in common with a Scottish ballad titled The Elfin Knight, collected by Francis James Child, which has been traced as far back as 1670. In the ballad, an elf threatens to abduct a young woman to be his lover unless she can perform all these impossible tasks, which is similar to this. There's a dozen versions of the lyrics. I noticed in this, so she sings up to a certain point, and then she's like, I can't remember what comes next. Right. And then he's like, you won't trick me into singing if that's your scheme. But then he starts, like, singing a little bit, too. I he thought that was coming really along, yeah. yeah. But so then she and ends there's it. butterflies all around him yeah. or whatever the equivalent of butterflies yeah. is here. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. I like that um, they give an example of a song that we know that could have survived right. this long. Exactly. A thousand years or whatever. Right, right. Because it's like, well, it survived this long. I mean, right. It might keep going. Sure. You know? yeah. So sure. it's one of those things that's it's one like, of those things, yeah. just interesting. Um, so this last line that she says, every rose grows merry with time, that's the next line. She did know it, she or yeah, you know what I mean. But there's different versions of it. In the Simon and Garfunkel version, they don't say that line. They say something th- different, the true love of mine, or something right. like that. Mm. Or anyway, it's a different refrain based on different versions. At the um, Texas Renaissance Festival back in the 90s, there used to be this group that would play there called Glass Notes, and it was this brother, two brothers, and one would play guitar, and the other would play these crystal goblets filled with different levels of water oh wow yeah and um they put out a couple of cds and i got a couple of them and one of them they did scarborough fairs oh song. nice okay yeah. maybe i'll put that one on that would be cool i'll put that version of uh, on there is if that you could find a, it <laughs> is that called a glass oh you talking about the glass harmonica yeah glass harmonica yeah it's it's basically that same kind of thing but that it's actual so cool. but it's a bunch of like he had a bunch of different crystal goblets i love with that di- and you could see him playing and then like he would all of a sudden grab this like turkey baser put cold water out put more water into yeah, yeah 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 oh wow you need, to yeah. Get yeah. The, you need to tune it wow yeah. pretty cool mm-hmm. a day's walk behind we see one of these birds and then we're introduced to you know this thing i guess it's like it's barely evolving it says it's ba- it barely knows its name the hunger that leeches life wherever it goes so we we see this thing come out and it attacks this one animal corruption rot I guess there always has to be something like this in the world. Or... I mean, there doesn't, but there is in this one. Right, in this yeah. one. The design of this is really interesting, too. So in the sketchbook, it talks about, like, <clears throat> you can only see the eyes when the fins are out, when that the things are out on its head. Oh, yeah, mm. that's a really adorable and hilarious note. Right. That is cute. So, like, 
Anyway, we'll talk about that when we get to this. I love that. That's a great design um, feature. That's fantastic. So, and we also see, like, now that it attacked this animal, now that animal has become corrupted. And it's, like, zombified or, yeah, something like that. It's spreading, right? So, whatever is going on. That's what's going on here. It's also, like, as it walks, it's leaving a trail of, like, like death like with that um oh so that's where that circle came from yeah. right that circle that weird patch of ground it's gross so as it walks it leaves that in its wake so th- it also spreads that way yeah that is pretty gross at night in the new world frank watches over leah sleeping again we see more of her dream of the star lady in the dream leah asks what she's afraid of and we see a close-up of her mouth but then leah wakes up and she says Merc. She moves over next to Frank. So she's like, are you awake or whatever? But I guess he's in his sleep state or whatever. And yeah, he's meditating. So she's like, I'm going to come over next to you. I thought that was a cute moment. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot to mention. So when she was singing earlier, she was making this little doll. She makes yeah, a little like a corn husk doll. doll. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, straw doll. Yeah. So we see that there. She kind of left it there when she moved over to sleep next to Frank. In the morning, Frank wakes Leah up to the sound of great distress. And she grabs a rock. I'm ready. Look at like this little guy. Look at this little guy on top of this mushroom. Oh, yeah. Look at him. I love him. Oh, there's another one right behind him. That's so cute. Oh, there is a little guy on there. There's two little guys. <clears throat> what are those guys? They're just hanging out. Hey, guys. There's... When she says, I'm ready, and she's yeah. grabbing the rock in that panel. That's really nice. They're just hanging out on the mushrooms. So they go over um, to see who's screaming. And when they come over, and they... And what's making it scream. What's making it scream. Looks like uh, someone's having a hard time. Yeah, what's Something happening? With some, these beasts. Some tentacle some, monsters. Some beasts. Yeah, some tentacle monsters. Getting a frog. Well, a frog person is being attacked by yeah. um, these weird things. So immediately when I saw these things, I thought of the frog monsters. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, but they would, especially when in the scenes with the black flame, there's some oh, yeah. Guy Davis stuff where their mouths go all crazy yeah, and yeah. their tongues come out all waggly like that. And it kind of looks like that. They are that. very waggly. Um, so that kind of reminded me of that. I was like, wow. So there's always something like that or a version of it or something, you know? I don't know. Well, it's, there is right yeah. now. There is. I love this frog person, too. It looks different from the ones that we saw, like, at the end of Devil You Know. Yes. Right? It's a oh, little bit yeah. more, like, advanced and has, like, personality in its life. It's a different color, too. It's like a bright green. So there's a moment where Frankenstein's like, hey, maybe we shouldn't interfere. You know what I mean? This is a new world and, the, you know, We've whatever. We've been interfering this whole time. Whatever has to happen, you know. As soon as we got here. But she's like, no, if someone's ganging up on a little guy, you got to interfere. And so he's like, I suppose the moment we came to the surface, the first blade of grass crushed underfoot. We brought a bit of the ruined old world into the new one. Uh, just fantastic. The colors and the motion Super oh, good. as so he like good. jumps down and everything. Look how he's fighting it. Uh, Leah is like, hold on, I'm coming. Right. <laughs> she's like making her way down the ledge. He's like, stay back. There's uh, artichoke monsters over here. Artich- they do kind of look like artichoke frog monster things. Artichoke tentacled frog monsters. Yes. Things. They all start overtaking Frankenstein. And he's like, take the girl, get away. He's saying to the the frog that they just freed. But she's like, I'm not leaving you. And she starts hitting the tentacles with the rock or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it seems to help. I don't know. Is it he just unleashes his vril, right? Or did it help? Well, he didn't want to get all violent. But then he's like, I guess I have Oh, maybe to that's what it is, right? Yeah. To... Because afterwards, immediately, he's like, such a waste of life. Yeah. Mm. Frank and Leah attend to their new frog friend. And Frank uses his vril powers. What is happening here? So he uses his vril powers on this frog. 
So that way that now they can understand the language? Yes. Yes. Okay. What? But does it do anything else? No. No. That's weird. No, that's fine. That's pretty weird. I think it's good. So they make, I think it's good. They, yes. So uh, they make their introductions. The frog's name is Cadaret. And she says, hello, Cadaret. I'm Leah. And this is the Oracle. And he says, Frankenstein. Frankenstein. My name's Frankenstein. <laughs> okay. And she's like, yeah, that. And don't worry. We're going to get you home. I just like that. Frankenstein. My name is Frankenstein. Right. <laughs> Shut up about it. Well, I think like he doesn't he doesn't like all this worship stuff. Well, no, definitely not. You know but what I think I mean? there's yeah. also something else there that's just like shut up. Yeah, shut up about it, <laughs> nerds. When they but arrive, no, he's definitely like his care for his character. As far as his character is concerned, he's just like no, stop. Yeah, no, I'm not just no. Yeah. When they arrive at Cataret's tribe, they're obviously alarmed by Frankenstein and Leah, but Cataret <laughs> tells them how they saved her from the hungry nepes. That's what those artichoke things are, I guess, right? That's what they call them. All of this is fantastic. I was like, wow. Yeah, this is great. I was like, we're seeing frog tribes. It's a whole culture. The village. Happening and I, here. They've got like necklaces I mean, and armor and they're all. I had no idea own. we were going to get this kind of stuff. They've in got this. their own style. <laughs> this is, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that either. It's just like, wow. I can't believe they're giving us this. Like, they have names. And they have lore. <laughs> they have. They have a wall built around their city. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about so that. So much technology happening. They've got chimneys. Look at the. Uh, they've got armors. They've got jewelers. When the frog people meet with Frankenstein, they discuss finding relics of an earlier world that they never understood. They were like, "We found this weird, like, phone communication thing. It belonged to someone named." Matt Strackbine. Yeah. And on there, we found a podcast yeah. about, <laughs> about, uh, we found the Letter Hack podcast, and we also found a podcast about Hellboy b- Friendship Book Club. Hey, you damn guys. Hey. You think that's one of the relics they found? I do. Sure. I think that. I also think, <laughs> I think that's canon. I, I think that they found our framed, uh, pieces of his artwork and yeah. they said you maniacs you blew it all up <laughs> you maniacs you blew it up so they also mention an old story of a bonji so is that what they're called they say of a bonji i'm like is that what maybe their tribe is called because we are learning like another one is called the varzu mm. or whatever but i never really knew what they were called maybe it's bonji they mention a story of a, of a Bonji who reportedly fell through the earth into a world of stick people, right? So I guess, like, something had happened before where they had evidence, like, maybe there could be people down there. Mm, stick people? But wait, is that, like, how we think of dinosaurs? Right, yeah. They don't look like that. Yeah. But they were like, I guess they're just a bunch of sticks. Oh, yeah. You mean, like, the skeletons and things? Don't they yeah. have skeletons, though? Wouldn't they know what a dead person looks like in their culture? Right. I don't know. That's so funny. Don't ask me. So funny. Well, then again, because we have animals. So, like, we have hippos. Right. But if yeah. you had, like, one of those, like, dinosaur artists that were drawing the books when we were kids draw well, what they think a hippo would look like just from the skeleton, it would look fucking weird. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah. look like a hippo. So, it's like... It would look like something new on a metal level. Yeah. <laughs> so, they have, I think, skeletons, like frog people skeletons, bungee skeletons. But for some reason, they couldn't extrapolate. Right. They were yeah. like, oh, I guess yeah. they just all looked like this. I guess that looked like a bunch well, of Well, I mean, they even say, like, even though Frankenstein's there, they still don't kind of really believe it, but it fucks with their whole religion. Uh, yeah, it sure does. You know what I mean? That he's there. Um, Frankenstein says, we don't belong here. But the frog guys are like, it's cool. You can be a mysterious Frankenstein yeah, guy. Yeah, we like you it. Know, we fine. respect it. We, th- we still think you're cool. You can we hang out here. We respect your right to be a yeah. mysterious Frankenstein. <laughs> At night, 
the elders talk with Frankenstein. And they talk about the loneliness of being a Frankenstein. I like these guys just chilling on the wall. They're like guarding the city. Yeah, yeah. the sentries. Their weapons and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I just think that's neat. Frankenstein says he worries about Leah, how she's like unique in this world. She's kind of like him in the old world, right? Over with Leah, she talks to a frog named Zip about venturing out. And Zip says he dreams about crossing the sea and seeing what's on the other side. But nothing but danger awaits me out there. Nothing but death. And she's like, well, that's cheerful. <laughs> but they've scared all of them, right? Into uh, not... St- well, we're going to see why. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. There are reasons, yeah. I guess. Over with Frank and the elders, they talk about how him being there messes with their whole belief system. Their faith is in the Ugdra Hesh. Hmm, what does that sound like? Hmm. The Ugdra Ugdru- Yeah, that was kind of like... That was kind of weird. It's kind of the... Like, it's kind of a opposite backwards version yeah. of what fucking happened it's yes it is right because they're Real like oh weird the world was stone and fire nothing could live until the Ugdrahesh came to this inhospitable place and planted the first seeds of life they brought the rain the water of life and from their seeds came the Bonji, the first people our ancestors so i guess those are the abe wow one and look they're reaching out to the vril there right Oh, just like it reached out to the crystal, yeah. right? Oh, I love that. Thanks for pointing that out. The Ugdrahesh stayed to watch over them. Our gods slept and soon became the mountains themselves. Their life bled into the land and made it fertile. They gave us life and peace and the fruits of our labor. This life in this culture is beautiful, you know, but I've also noticed you have walls and sentries and these things called nepenthes or whatever. I guess those were those, those uh, what'd you call them? Artichoke guys. Yeah. Yeah. Can they be so terrifying? Well, we've got we've got old people and we've got little kids here, yeah. and so we got to protect them from the beasts, right? The beasts of the forest, nothing more. Right. They're lying. He's like they're but, lying liars. But enemies, none at all. No yeah. enemies at all. Yeah, I don't believe you. Elsewhere, um, no, not elsewhere. So I like I, this. Like freaked me out. I mean, obviously, I guess that this is just on another place in the new world. But in the Hellboy comics, when it would say elsewhere. A lot of times you were in the elf world. Yeah. Remember? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You would be in the elsewhere and King Dogda would be there talking to Garagok or whatever. You know what I mean? Or all those scenes played out in the elsewhere. So when I saw this, I was like, oh shit, is what this like, is this like a, is this really happening or is it happening on an astral plane or anyway, interdimensionally? Anyway, I don't think that's the case. I think it just means elsewhere. This creature flies through the air. It's like trying to catch these little firefly things. But it gets eaten by one of these Nepenthes or whatever. He's fine. He's taking a nap. Yes. Um, and we also see this thing murk there. It leaves its trail of dark black grass or whatever. That's Merc- rude. Murk understands their hunger. It claws at his insides. Yet no matter how much he consumes, no matter how much life he leeches from the creatures of this world, still he hungers. And it talks about he finds the straw doll that Leah left. And when he sniffs it, it's like, now he knows hate. Now he wants to get whatever this well, thing for, is. It says now he knows fear. Right. Okay. Now he knows hate. Those are equal. Oh, right. Okay. To the the author of the story, which right, I think is right. important. I like that. Yeah. We also see like another panel of Liz and the crystal. Right. That's that strange energy that it's also tracking. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good um, way to visually to let us know. Right. What's going on there? This chapter three cover is pretty metal. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. I love this. Yeah, Frankenstein's just chopping away. I like his Frankenstein wraps briefs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're nice. Yeah, good job there. 
So we pick back up on this thing, Mur, you know, this dark animal that's leaving this trail of zombie animals and dark ground and all this stuff around it. From the moment it sensed the power, the ancient energy, its antithesis, Merc has been in pursuit, but Merc is not the only hunter. So we see it, like, finds these other creatures. I think later they call these things dragon wolves or something like that. Yeah, they're so, dragon wolves. So it, like, gets these things and it touches them. I think that panel is kind of cute where yeah, it's, like, it's pretty good. getting them or whatever. But I guess it's, like, controlling them oh, now. Yeah. So it sends them out to, like, go get whatever yeah, they're getting, he's tracking. Yeah, he's getting them for yeah. him. So this panel right before it is so scary and creepy. And then the panel right after is fucking adorable. Yes, where it shows, like, but it is the apex. Really scary. It is a master of whom like, this goes. world will bow. And he's like, oh. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute. It's not cute, but anyway. It is, though. And they're like, he's like, go. Go fuck some shit up. Yes. Leah and some frog kids play soccer. I and guess they're, like, they're, play, we'll they're playing it. their ball game. And when they're playing, uh, it, the ball rolls into a tent. And when Leah goes to retrieve it, she notices this one frog. But this is what I'm saying, though. What? The, the urge of any person, whether it be humanoid or frog, yeah. to play a game with a ball. Yeah, you got to you know, do it. It's just universal. If you got those limbs, you're going to do if it. you got those limbs and you've got gravity happening, you're going to do it. So when Leah goes into the tent, she finds this one frog. We're going to learn his name is Bitak. No, Bitak. He's all messed up. He's real messed up. It burns. So she goes to find Frankenstein. She's like, you got to see this. At first, he's like annoyed. He's like, I told you not to call me Oracle. But then he's like, how close did you get to it? I like that. Where, you know what I mean? He's, he's like, her, yeah. he, he does have concern for her. When Frankenstein meets Bitak, he says, uh, I'm a friend. And Bitak says, all my friends are dead. Aww. Frankenstein asks if they shared the same sickness. And Bitak says, it's punishment. Judgment of the gods. He looks so pitiful yeah. here. It's really yeah. sad. I know something of gods, Frankenstein says. They tend to infect the mind more than the flesh. Mm, what a fucking good. line. What, a, what a line. That is awesome. I love that. After some inspection, Frankenstein asks, how did this happen and where? And so Bittak starts telling his story. He says they only wanted to explore. And him and his friends, they wanted to go check out this temple of Hemkanu. There are all these legends associated with it about people going insane after seeing it. But they thought it was only superstition. The temple is in the city of Varzan, and the Varzu, a different kind of frog people, don't like intruders. But Bitak and his two frog friends, Tark and Jado, just thought the elders were cowards. Why should we not see the wonders they've built? I thought that was kind of interesting, where they're like, we just want to see this stuff. Like, why, yeah. why can't we, you know? So that's one thing that I have noticed is like, with the new world where Frankenstein is, and in this world, it seems like there's a lot of, like, oppression. Like, don't do that. Yeah. You can't go out of this area. You know what I mean? Some of it, I guess, is for safety, but some of it is also, like, I don't know, because of their belief system. And, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, all those yeah. roots, all the roots of that stuff well, is there. Well, the reason that they it's not safe to go near those other people is because those other people are guarding a thing that they're like, right. oh, you're not holy enough to even look upon, much less touch any of that. But it's like, the reason you can't touch it is because some fucked up shit happens. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, there's all these reasons, but they get convoluted. So it's like, practically, yeah, yeah. no one should go near this thing because it'll fuck you up for yeah. whatever reason. But in, you know, like, they make up a whole lore about it and yeah. they make up all this bullshit on top of it and be like, it's, uh, it's this is our god. And anyone who tries to touch it that's not us is an intruder and an outsider and we have to fight them. Yeah. We're, we're going to have a whole ceremony about it. 
when we do this and it's just a whole thing so it's like they make up a reason why well you can't go over there because it's forbidden by the gods well you can't go over there because you get your face sliced off right yeah yeah by these guys <laughs> just say that um but i do like these scenes where they like make it to this place and they're like oh i can't believe we did this i can't believe we're here you know it's kind of like three kids just kind of like having these adventures you yeah know what I mean? yeah i do kind of like that it, it makes me kind of feel bad you know for well, what it's so ends up upsetting well that's there. the thing is that's they do a great job of making you like yeah. these characters yeah. you like them and you you're like oh these guys these are my guys yeah, these yeah. are my little friends they're friends <laughs> we like them and so you know they're just some friendly guys and then what happens is is awful and so you it makes you feel bad for them yeah well also i like when they're um descending i guess into the cavern or whatever and there's like the one, one of them says, "Hold tight." The legend says we'd fall forever, and the other one's like, "Don't look down, don't look down, yeah, don't yeah. look down." And it's like I feel that because I do not like to be in yeah, high spaces. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just kind of get to know these guys, yeah, right? Yeah, you kind of get, you bit. get to know them, and you you're able to sort of empathize. just in one page, yeah, yeah, you're able you... to sort of empathize with them and stuff. And that is really it takes a lot of skill though to like go from we don't know who these people are to yeah. we like them in one page is pretty good. So they go down into this temple of Hemkanu and. What the fuck is this? Is this this is an Ogdraham, right? Oh, it's gotta be. It's well, gotta be, right? I don't know what, right? Is it a new thing though? Is it a new thing? Um, so there is a BPRD story. I forget what it's called right now, but it's by Guy Davis and Daimyo's in there, I think, and they find a this giant black Ogdruhem in the jungle. Right. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. But that's what this reminded me of. Oh yeah. They kind of oh, like have okay, like a yeah. similar design to that. But this thing is terrifying. Oh my god, the monster design by Berting is incredible. When they touch it, it unleashes like some gas or something. This is awful. A big black and so, smoke. It's yeah, terrible. Black yeah. smoke. They start trying to crawl out of there. And one of them immediately gets left behind, right? They're both there. They're both killed by the Varzu. They're both killed by the Varzu, yeah. yeah. So the Varzu come. Um, one of them gets away, and that's Bitan, right? But you can see, like, he's all fucked up, you know? He's got the spores already on his neck and everything. And so... What, they go, Bitak, run! And so the Varzu, they go, Bitak. So now they know his name, too. Uh, well, and so it cuts back to him telling the story. Right. And he's just crying and crying. It's yeah. horrible. They were my mm-hmm. friends. We grew up like brothers, but now they're dead. The only reason I still live is because I was not so close to the god of the Varzu. But I am dying just the same. And I feel the Varzu will seek retribution. And so Frankenstein's like, get the elders. I need to speak with them now. And he's like, Bitak, stay in the hut. And he goes, where would I go? That panel, gosh. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Really bad. So outside, uh, Leah finds Cauteret. And Cauteret's like, yeah, this is the Varzu. They were, they're attacking because they went to the Forbidden Place, right? So now this is the retaliation. Come in here and hide. If you don't, we'll die. So Frankenstein goes out there to defend. He tells the Varzu he is the ghost of an old world. Let me pass. But when they respond by shooting him with an arrow... Frank says, I will forever prefer a solution other than violence. But if violence is your language, I am fluent. That's a fucking great line. Yeah. And he unleashes that berserker rage. He does the Howard's thing. Who the fuck is this guy? Yes, I'm wondering. I was like, what just happened? <laughs> is that the first guy? Right? Because remember when Gal Denar picks it up? Yeah. He sees the spirit of a guy with a helmet on. Right. But we don't see what his face looks like. You right. know what I mean? Maybe this is that guy. I know. I have no fucking clue. That's not Galdinar. 
I don't think so. With, okay. With the big beard. He oh, never, okay. I don't think he ever had it like on a staff. You know what I mean? I this... don't know. It's another one. We saw so many of yeah. them. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, I thought that that was really cool. Look at this one. We also see uh, It's Your Boy Howard's your boy. in there. It's Your Boy. Yeah. He becomes Howard's for a second too. All I... that's being channeled through. I love that. It's your boy. Yeah. <laughs> I live for those moments. Leah goes to help Frankenstein while he confronts the Varzu. He tells them that their god punished the trespassers, but the Varzu threatened to kill the villagers, and they even have one right there, unless Frankenstein surrenders. I don't think you have to do all that. I right. think just one of them being fucked up and the other two being dead yeah, is enough. Is enough. Right? Well, that's what Frankenstein tries Send to say. Send an envoy and be yeah. like, hey, you see what happened yeah. to your villagers? You know, yeah. that's don't let that yeah. happen again, yeah. or we'll come and get you. Yeah, I would think you don't have to fuck. This is a full on assess. This is a yeah. full scale assault on yeah. this yeah. fucking village. That's overkill. So Frankenstein, he does surrender. He drops his hyperborean spear, and Leah tells the other frogs to run and hide. Shortly, we see that they put Bittack in some sort of like glass case. Yeah, they sure They've did. Got they have glass smiths. Yeah, they've got metal smiths. They sure do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> They're <clears throat> making <throat> some really ornate stuff here. Yeah, we see like the Varzu priest. He's got like you can tell he's the priest because he's got the ridiculous hat. You can always tell. <laughs> and they've got Frankenstein in binds now too. Leah with the other frogs, she tells them to stay safe. She will go free Frankenstein. And then she goes and she picks up the spear. It's so obvious. Yeah. It, like looking back, it's so obvious. But like I was like, what? Like I didn't see that coming at all. You know what I mean? But they definitely set it up that she would do this. I kind of I kind of figured it was gonna be something like because why would she go with him? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's great. Fantastic. Yeah. And I love this panel too. Look at the colors, you know, and so good. everything. That's I love the hero shot. But yeah. just her hand going down, you know all the fans are going, what the fuck? You know what I mean? It's just like, ah. We were whooping. Really we were cool. Hooping, yeah. We were hooting and hollering. We sure were. Get those hoots and hollers out. The Varzu head back to their camp with their prisoners and Frankenstein. Sometimes the great god, Hemkanu, sends me dreams, the priest tells Frankenstein. I think I have seen something like you before, but only in a nightmare. I have met priests before, Frankenstein responds. They all claim to receive messages from their gods. They lie to put themselves above their people, to seize power and control. Speaks. Yeah, speak. really good. Preach. And he's like, where have you met priests? In the first world? I like that this guy, he genuinely seems curious. The body language is he's wide-eyed. He's like, where? Where have you met priests? In the first world of myth? Tell me what you are. Yeah. I think he's sincerely... Right curious i think he really like just is right he can't help himself mm-hmm. and he says you've already told me priest i'm your nightmare dang this Damn. guy's full of some excellent one-liners yeah. i just yeah. gotta say i think that's fantastic Let, let's get luke goss in there i'm all about it i'm all about <laughs> it man so we have uh the varzu priest he addresses all the others about the blasphemer bitak and the abomination that sought to protect him frankenstein the, the blasphemer yes Ooh. They say that these other frogs are not worthy to look upon their god. Now the sin has festered in Bittak. And we see that he's continued to grow and deform in that thing. It almost seems like he's pressed up against it. You know what I mean? Like he's filling that case or whatever. The priest says that this is what happens when you seek Hemkanu without faith. Back with the frog kids, they listen for Leah to return. And they hear something. Kadaret goes to check it out. But it doesn't look like a good idea. Mm. There's some scary red eyes over there. That's not Leah. It's some sort of... Something's going to get you. Yeah. Get ya. Chapter four. Awesome cover here again. 
I love all this work in the background, too. It almost looks like a relief or something like that. Really nice. Yeah. Back with Cataret and the crew. Well, it's the um, it's the guy. Yeah. The big thing. It's the big thing. It kind of reminded me of, do you remember when um, Rasputin was Oh, when he was chilling. a statue was in a, front of yeah. Saduham. Nice. Yeah, great one. Back with Cataret and the crew, they continue looking for Leah. It also seems like Leah's agency has affected Cataret, too, because she says, We can't leave her behind, and what about our families? What if this time it's up to us, and without us, everyone dies? Just as they're about to get munched on by these red-eyed creatures, Leah returns. There you are. Gods, we need to get you down there. We gotta save them all. Well, he said, he said, what What are we supposed to do? We're just kids. Right. She's like, well, kids can hit people and punch people, and you can <laughs> kick people and hit them with rocks. Yeah. She, I like her um, her speech. It's like, this is her pep talk speech. Yeah, yeah. This is her big <laughs> yeah. rousing, this is her big rousing speech that the, the king gives yeah. on the horse <laughs> in front of all the guys, you know? Yeah. Throw rocks at him. Uh, Besides, all we have to do is free Frankenstein, yeah. and he'll do the rest. And he'll do the this rest. This is a fantastic speech. A plus, 10 out of 10. <laughs> no notes. Oh, but we see those no creatures. Notes. They missed their little meal. They, they, were they about, sure did. They were about to get the frogs, and they're like, aw. Oh, they are. Oh, this last panel, they're like, oh, man. Oh, man, I missed it. <laughs> oh, man. It's fine. They wouldn't ate some crisp apples back afterwards. With, back with the Varzu, the priest continues with his lecture. And it kind of reiterates what we heard in the last issue, right? Their city is a monument to Hemkanu. And we also get to see some of the inner structure of the city, which I really liked. That one yeah, panel right there. Cool. It talks about they're leading the slave. They're going to like make those captives be slaves and all this stuff. I do like this one line, but he says, but not the blasphemer. His fate is already sealed. The great god Hemkanu has twisted the blasphemer's clay. Uh, I like that line. Interesting. Like it's deformed him or whatever. That's a neat yeah. way it of saying it. It seems like rather than this being part of the city that they, they've taken them out of the city into like a Stonehenge right, yeah, area. Yeah. So he also says that they're going to have the blasphemer kill Frankenstein. And he's like, wait, you can't. And then just then Bittag breaks out of the thing. He's this giant monster. And then, like, when that happens, like, Frankenstein just cuts loose. Does he just well, break yeah. the bonds? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, it's right. Superman style. Like, he just... Where, he where just, did the yeah. sword come from? I thought he picked it up off from one of those... Uh, one of those guys. guys. Maybe he just did, yeah. But he immediately has a sword and he's fighting. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that's, that's awesome. Great. Yeah. And he tries to tell Bitak, stop, you fool. We don't need to do this. And it just goes, rawr. And he's like, damn it. Well, he doesn't. He's no longer <laughs> that guy. Back with Leah and Cataret. Cataret hesitates to intervene. She says they'll be killed or put in chains. At the same time, her family is down there. And Leah tells her they have to fight for their people and for Frankenstein. He's my friend, she says. He's strong, and I kind of think he's lived forever. But I don't know what happens next. That middle panel right there, uh, the way that they break up that page, that panel's fantastic. Just the colors have been out of the park in this whole issue. Oh, it's been such a fucking treat to look at. Yeah. We cut back over to Merc, this character, and it continues. It seeks the strange vibration it felt before, and it finds the host of that energy and starts following it. So now it's like got a trail on something. Merc, you need to relax. You just, need to relax. Just chill out a little bit, I think. Over with this action beat, I mean, I love all this. This like reminds me of some Guy Davis stuff. Sure, uh, yeah. This level mm-hmm. of action, I mean, it's incredible as Frankenstein is fighting this creature. So he's got a big jump and a big slice right in the head. He's got the flame over his head. Oh, I didn't notice happening. that. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Pretty awesome. He's channeling all that vril. Channeling the vril through this regular sword. Yes. 
Oh right, yeah. It's not even the, the his hyperborean he's just spear going at it. He's, he's get, just he's going getting for after it. it. Yes, he's getting after it. He's got a big jump and a big slice through the head. That's a big slice. It's a merciful slice, though. But then the monster beats him away, and we see as he hits the wall, then he starts bleeding. Blood mm. comes out of his mouth, mm. right? Don't like and that. so when Leah, is... I feel that blood should be green. Hmm. I don't think it should be red. Hmm. Okay. What do you guys think? He's Let a Frankenstein. <laughs> it should be something gross. But when Leah sees this, she freaks out. She's like, no, I didn't think he could bleed until today. Never mind that he could die. There's no time for a plan. Because Katarit's like, you don't have a plan. She's like, there's no time. I got to do this now. And the Varzu are like, what is this child doing? She's lost her mind. And she just she goes into berserker mode now. She does. Right? She's, She's got, got the, the Howard. Thing, She's got the Howards in her or whatever, the Galdenar, whatever's She's got the happening. Howards in her. She yeah. like decapitates one of them like immediately. It's awesome. Sure does. It's really good. It's good stuff. But Frankenstein's like, Leah, no. And she's like, do you think I want to be here? Take this. And so she immediately throws this. She's like, you use this. I, I like that yeah. moment, too, because you might think, like, now she's possessed by the power no, or whatever. Yeah. But she's like, no, you do this now. You, I know that I'm you, just trying to get this to you. You are better at this. I like that moment. Yeah. Right? I like how she's like, take this and don't die. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's worth much more in his hands, and she knows it. She's a smart kid. She's like, I don't want to be out here on this yeah. battlefield. I just had to give this to you. So Cataret and another frog watch from above. They want to help, but they're scared. Cataret says their family would want them to stay safe. But then these creatures, the dragon wolves, fucking get them. And they try to, like, fight them off with the rocks and stuff like that, but it's no good. So it's like they would have been better off going down there and helping yeah. than well, being scared. Well, I mean, but you never I mean, know. I don't know. You know, never it's know. one of those things. But I thought it was a cruel twist of fate yeah. or whatever. And then we see them getting fucking, like, drug off into the forest by these dragon wolves. I thought that was pretty gruesome. It is um, very You know gruesome. what I mean? The way that animals yeah. drag, you know, their prey back yeah. and stuff like that. But the atmosphere is amazing. Like, God, it's beautiful. It's just, yeah, a, it's, it such really a, it's such a weird, like, uh, what do you call that? Um, Juxtaposition. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, I really like all that. I like the design of these dragon wolves, too. Again, it reminded me, like, of Guy Davis. But Burting's got his own taste, you know, his own style. They really are dragon uh, wolves. Yeah, they That's are. That's really the only name for them. Yeah. Back with Frankenstein. He finishes off Bitak, and Frankenstein calls out to Leah. Well, I like when he says, the Outlander has killed the monster. Oh, yeah. Just some A-plus dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that sincerely as yeah. well. I'm not. I'm not being. A, that's a sincere praise from me. So Frankenstein calls out to Leah. Here, I saved you. Did you see? But then the Varzu priest comes from behind. He getches her. I was not expecting. That. I was not expecting that either. I was like, wow. And it's such a small panel. It really is. Yeah. I was like, surely not. Yeah. You know. Frankenstein's like, no. What have I done? Right as he comes, well, it's more like a whisper as he comes over. He's like, "What have I done?" I like how you cry, like he did it again. Yeah. <laughs> what have I done? Some of the Varzu escaped. One of the frogs says they will return with reinforcements. Most of my people are dead, but the survivors must seek a new home far from here. I am sorry, my friend. We are grateful to you, and we grieve with you. And so Frankenstein holds Leah close, and he says, "No, I will not grieve." Leah has a faith that calls to her. This new world is not done with her. It can't be. Ah, you see Liz here. And so mm -hmm. he uses his real power, right? He does. He's what do you think of that? I mean, do you think sure. that that's like a cop out or is that good or is that... What do you think of that? Um, no, I like it. Yeah. 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 It's fine. He's Frankenstein. He could do whatever he's he wants. He's Frankenstein. He could do whatever he yeah. wants. So we get this one panel 
of just like Merck and this storytelling. God, it's uh, it's incredible. <laughs> I'm I'm speechless looking at this. I mean, I just love the pacing of it and the colors are just. There doesn't need to be any yeah word boxes. There at doesn't all. right. It's doing the whole storytelling. Yeah. So we see that these frogs that have been bitten by the dragon wolves or whatever, they're now coming back to Merc. And well, then those it, those got those dragon wolves. They're the ones that he was petting on the head. Yes, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're doing what he says. They did his bidding, they did right? His bidding. So now they're bringing back. So they kind of they the kind frogs. of slink off into the shadows and like we want to eat you, but we won't. So. Yes. And one of them is Cataret, and so when Merc touches Cataret. It feels when Frankenstein zapped, yeah. used the vril to be able to understand their language. It's like um, he can feel it like you would be able to, to smell something. Right. It or says taste something. It says it remembers it from his birth and it wants more. Okay, so what happens the here? The others are to feed his creatures, his servants. That's nice. So, he gave them some dinner after all. Oh, so that is that for the dragon wolves? That's, yeah. Oh, okay. That's what's happening. Horrible, there. just limbs reaching out. But the one with the spark inside her... Her life, her blood, her spark belongs to Merc, and he drains it all. And that's Cataret right there, right? Gross. All the plants in his little uh, grove, his little alcove, oh, right. are all dead and black. And yeah, gross. he's spreading that little black circle Yeah, that's his little throne of dead plants. So Frankenstein uses the Vril to revive Leah, and as he's doing that, Merc is using malignance. So he's meditating and yeah. he's malignancing. Right, exactly. And Frankenstein brings Leah back and Merc brings Cataret back as some sort of like evil zombie version. Yeah, I don't like that. So there's like a weird mm. parallel, right? Where Ugh. it's like, alive and brimming with new light, dead but infected with terrible hunger and seated with growing darkness. Just like this new world. Gross. And we get the parallel of Frankenstein and Leah and Merc with Cataret. That's really sad, too, because Cataret and Leo were friends. They were friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now, like, we have the inevitable, inevitable pitting of my friend, and now I have to fight my friend, but they're dead. Abe you know, roommates. it reminds me, like, of when Abe had to, Abe and um, Vaughn or whatever. Remember Vaughn yeah. got turned by uh, Strobel or whatever against Abe? Anyway, all that stuff. Well, and this is this beautiful countryside, and then the storm clouds are coming in. Right. The dark seed grows, spreads, taints everything. Too late to tear it out by its roots? Perhaps. Maybe. 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 Not the end, Not right? Not the end, it says. But Frankenstein's holding hands with Leah, you know, as they're walking. I thought that was really cute. Awesome. I loved this. This yeah. was a great story. Oh, it was wonderful. Um, I want to talk about the sketchbook a little bit, right? Um, shout out to Bernie Wrightson. Yeah. Berting says that he, you know, some of the DNA of Frankenstein is in Bernie Wrightson. Absolutely. So he, like, channeled some of that. I really was feeling that, too. For sure. He talks about how this Frankenstein's older and much sadder. I like how it says uh, the immense power, like, it's threatening to tear him apart because his body is so old. Yeah. Great character designs for Leah. I did like this uh, note. He said, I ended up using Japanese boral designs where everything is reused in a patchwork. Like, he figured, like, that's what style oh, would be like in sure. this new right. world, you yeah. know? And, yeah, all the creatures. So many creatures. So many creatures. Really Wonderful cool. creatures. We get some good Mignola sketches of the frogs. He's, like, more evolved, moved towards Ape Sapien, less evolved, more frog-like. Nice. And that's really cool, yeah. Just simple little note there, right? Like his uh, little examples. And then trying to design Merc. I guess this first one might be Berting's initial design for Merc. And then Mignola came back with, I guess, these designs. And he's like, 
maybe eyes only show up when head tendrils flare out or whatever. All these are really funny. Great. I know it's a horrible character. No, it's but great. It looks like a Muppet or something, I love right? It. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's a great design though. I mean Yeah. One thing I really wanted to talk about the were... notes, but the notes the notes down here where he says the feedback on my preliminary designs was some of the funniest I've received so far. It's always a treat to have Mike come up with his take on something I've attempted and his comments always brought a big smile to my face. Yeah, Aww. Really good. It's nice. One of the things I did really want to talk about were these variant covers, right? Oh, yeah. So we've got the Mignola cover. It's incredible. I love that. Yeah. Amazing. Um, the Mignola cover colors by Dave Stewart. I'll never get over Mignola's mastery of composition ever. It's incredible. This whole thing tells the whole story. Yeah. Like it's, anyway. It's yeah. really cool. Um, then we've got the David Hitchcock cover. Um, that one's really cool. That one looks like a heavy metal cover or something weird like that, right? The Lawrence Campbell cover. This is the one that I was like, oh it's my so god, good, yeah. this one is so good. Um, just beautiful. God, that's incredible. One of my favorites. Probably one of my favorite covers of all time. And then we have the Ben Stenbeck cover at the end where he's got all the frogs around him. That one's awesome as well. Man, what a delight this series was. I yeah. really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, and it made me go back and think of all the things that we've talked about in the Hellboy universe, right? So I think we... We, we talked about everything that I wanted to regarding that. I'm glad that you brought that up of the sword of Hyperborea, right? Because yeah. I guess like the sword is going to end up with a frog person at some point. So anyway, I would just love to hear your thoughts on uh, what you think of anything that we... And then if I missed any references, because I'm like, I don't know, you know, if there's any additional stuff, um, callbacks to other series. But um, that was awesome. I hope that you guys enjoyed the episode. And now, Aubrey's going to say all the things. All right, everybody. Frankenstein New World. That was a really fun story, and I really can't wait to see what comes next with this thing. Because, yeah, I mean, for real. It's just, it definitely ended on a cliffhanger. But I want to hear what your thoughts. You can send us a hey, you damn guys at hellboybookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hellboy Book Club, and on Facebook at Hellboy Book Club Podcast. I don't know if I would call that a cliffhanger. I thought it was wrapped up pretty neatly. It's like uh, well, more, I mean, more things go... could happen. Oh, but... Well, I mean, they're going to find Liz. Yeah. yeah and, and Merc is still out there, and now, now he's got Cataret, too. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah. I kind of figure, like, that'll be a big dust-up, though, but, like, I didn't think that that would be... They're going to keep doing it, though. Hopefully. Yeah. What do you mean, hopefully? They're... What... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So there's not... Is it, is it a cliffhanger? It's a cliffhanger. Ugh. I, I I think so. Oh, I mean, no. it doesn't it doesn't feel like the story's over. I know. I agree. I just thought that they was gonna keep going. I thought they were gonna do more. I'm of sure this. they will. I'm sure they will. But well, they they fucking better. <laughs> I mean, there's, nothing's been announced, though, right? I don't think so. Oh, yeah. I don't know. No. But okay. let us know, listeners. Well, then it is a cliffhanger. I don't uh, like that. Yes, find us on Facebook at Hellboy Book Club Podcast and Instagram and Twitter at Hellboy Book Club. You can also find all of our resources on our Podbean website, our Facebook About section, and on Link Trees on Instagram and Twitter. And as always, a special thank you to Paul from Gatahan for the listener feedback theme. Thank you, Paul. And thank you, Only Beast, for our theme theme. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you, Andrew Adair, for the Witchfinder theme. Yes, thank you, Andrew. Witchfinder. You can get the podcast wherever you find your podcast. And when you're there, open it up and give us that five-star review. Every little bit helps. And if you're enjoying what you hear, tell a friend. Have them join the book club. And if you're also sitting there thinking, man, I wish I could hear you guys every week, you can. You can. <laughs> Come join us next week over at Book Club Member Comics. Book Club Member yes. Comics. Do it. Well, we're going to be reading an indie comic called Marinda by Grim Wilkins. Yes, awesome. So, uh, you guys, uh, that's on Comixology. Uh, so, you guys get the uh, digital or the find the issue and uh, join us over there at uh, Book Club Member Comics. And we'll be back next month. 
and Hellboy Book Club Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm Frankenstein Underground. And I'm Aubrey Lola saying, my guidance is simple. Live and be kind. Aw. Yes. Do it. <laughs> <laughs>